Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Ay 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, episode 166, Ranger Command and the Viewing Globe. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Send a ranger up with your host, I'm Eric, also known as b 47 This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Chris P., Steve F., Doug F., AJW, Tyler W., Tyler B., Tyler D., Eric D., Jacob P., Steve M., Liz M., Craig M., Callum M., Mason M., Bo H., Raheem Y., Derek G., and Teresa B. for supporting us this month. Hello, listeners. Today we have a special episode of Ranger Command. This is Ranger Command at the Viewing Globe. And this past Labor Day weekend, Ranger Command was part of the Viewing Globe, which was a free online fan experience for Power Ranger fans, Kamen Rider fans, Tokusatsu fans. It was three days of amazing entertainment, primarily made up by fans of Ranger Nation and members of the community. So we were able to, as a podcast for Ranger Command, we recorded two Q&As, one of which was the Ask Enway panel, where we had Rose from Community and Marketing for Enway Games. We had Brian Murphy, the combat designer for Power Rangers Legacy Wars, and Long Tran, the senior combat designer for Battle of the Grid. And they were able to show off Power Rangers Samurai Lauren Sheba for Battle for the Grid. And that was an exclusive uh, that we were able to review on the Viewing Globe. We also did a Q&A for Ranger Fitness with Brenna Mejia. Everyone knows him as Tyler Navarro from Power Rangers Dino Charge and Dino Supercharge as the Red Dino Charge Ranger. And that was a great experience. I did that Q&A with Zach. Learned a lot of amazing tips and fitness goals and things that can really help improve your life and really gave a new perspective. But this episode, we're actually going to kind of edit those to podcast audio format, as well as include kind of like our After Dark Q&A, which I kind of hosted a little bit on the Illuminati. And that kind of ties in some behind the scenes about the Viewing Globe, how it all came together, how I was involved. I just want to give a special shout out to the other Uh, people that helped organize the viewing globe joe from the illuminati chris over at power ranger and mark who you know on youtube or you should know him on youtube as heirloom mainstream live on twitter and those were the people who helped put all of this together special shout out to the editing team over at the illuminati and you'll hear other thanks in the q a so this episode is meant to tie everything together ranger commands involvement with the viewing globe and we really hope that everyone enjoyed the 
whole weekend of entertainment, of Q&As, of videos, and just special things that happened and focusing on different members of Ranger Nation. And that's really what the whole weekend was about. So we'll have links to the full streams. You can also find all of those streams at rangercommand.com. We've got news articles and panel breakdowns for each of those days. So check it out there. We'll also have links in our show notes. So without further ado, we'll get into the episode and we'll include timestamps for each of the segments. So thank you very much and thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to the Viewing Globe After Dark. My name is Eric, also known as Trekkie B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour podcast. And I am joined by Toku Chris from Per Ranger. And then uh, we got Joe from the Illuminati here. Hey guys, how's it going? How you doing, buddy? Good. Congrats on a three-day stream. Look, I think I like this look better. I'm struggling with my light, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It is a day. He's Superman. It's been a long three days, but it's been a lot of fun. It has, yeah. it has definitely been an experience. That That is for sure. Yeah, so have you guys been watching all three days? I have been. So the first day that I watched it, we were still editing second day, I believe. I know, I might have been editing the third day. I honestly don't remember. After a Tuesday, it gets really blurry. Today being Sunday, uh, it was kind of hard for me to catch just because of family stuff. But I definitely caught most of Friday and, and a large chunk of Saturday. It was 30-something hours. That's a long time to try to sit down and, and uh, watch something uh, with three kids, but I, I managed to do quite a bit of it, so happy with it. Yeah, I had it on uh, in the background for Friday, just during work, and then, yeah, Saturday, watched most of it, and Sunday, I've been watching here and there, but the chat, all the community that came out and supported all three days of the Viewing Globe, we just want to say thank you to all the watchers for the past Past few days. It's been a really great experience. So, Joe, I know this was a lot of planning in the works. Can you just tell us maybe a little bit behind the scenes of how everything just came together? Yeah. So, our member LT, who a lot of people know from our Retro Ranger wrap up show, she said, Hey, we should do something special for the day that Morphicon was supposed to be. Maybe we do like a longer stream. And I was like, yeah, it's a cool idea. And I was like, maybe we could do like break up different panels or something and the interviews and do it like that. Then she was like, well, like a long continuous stream for like, I don't know, like six hours. And I was like, okay, yeah, we could do that. I think that sounds like doable. And then I think right after that, I let it settle for a second. And I already texted Chris and I was like, hey, I have an idea for something. And then like, I think literally within that same like hour or two is when we brought you into it, Eric. And then after that, we were like, well, let's see if Erlen wants to do it. And then we started organizing it. I think that's when Chris reached out to Liz. It happened all literally like a month ago it came together really fast usually when i get phone calls from joe they're usually late at night it's usually an epiphany sometimes it's a hey what have you heard regarding topic xyz this was one of those conversations that uh, you can tell it was something that was in the back of his head that was just, he was rolling with it and just wanted to to throw some something out and see what stuck. And I think what started as a, hey, wouldn't it be cool if phone call turned into a, a like three hours later, it was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to talk to these four people and you're going to talk to these three people and, and we'll see what it looks like in three days. And I think what, just a couple days later, we're like, okay, we're doing this. Uh, <laughs> let's yeah. do an online convention or whatever. Yeah, it's just crazy how it all came together. And last weekend, we did the stream just to kind of announce everything. And we put out the call for submissions, for fan submissions. There's a lot of stuff already happening behind the scenes. But I just want to shout out to all of the Ranger Nation out there. 
that really came together literally at the last hour to help put this together. I mean, there was submissions for videos coming in Thursday night when you guys were editing. Yeah, and, and another cool thing about that, too, was that as sometimes a lot of fandoms can be, obviously, there's a lot of resistance in terms of other people, other creators working together or other outlets not getting along. And that happens in all fandoms. It's not just Power Rangers, but you get that in Star Wars and Marvel, DC, whatever it may, you know, whatever it may be. But I'm actually super pleasantly surprised that a lot of Ranger Nation really did come together in that final hour, just like felt like a real community that everybody was a part of. I had never seen anything kind of like that happen in that in this community like that uh, up to this point. It's pretty crazy. It was just great to see everyone come together. And I know I was reaching out to, uh, you know, a couple of my friends in the fandom and I was kind of like, why haven't you gotten in on this? Like there's still time to submit stuff. So yeah, it was really crazy how everything just came together. And Joe, just shout outs to your team and everyone involved helping to edit this. Like that's such an undertaking. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You, uh, a behind the scenes story about that. I'm going to tell some of it while I can. So we had a group of editors. Uh, Bryce West was really the, the lead there. Uh, part of that team. We had a, he had a group of editors working with him and the last minute, a, a couple of his right hand people, kind of uh the covid you know affected their families and they had to depart and it was really bryce taking on that load along with josh goldman from tuesday on it was non-stop i remember spending like 17 hours uh the first night on tuesday it was like 15 hours the second night it was long hours and i even remember like waking up early and being over at josh's place editing uh on friday because we were still finishing day three so it was crazy without everyone all these power rangers and tokusatsu fans really coming together it doesn't happen without them either but this has brought up so much awareness for myself about things that i'm gonna start checking out because that stop motion one toy life was yeah. phenomenal i learned so much from the toku ladies podcast today which i didn't know so now i'm gonna i'm subscribing to them so there's a lot of cool people in ranger nation that i didn't necessarily know about and i do so I know that's been one of our challenges was really gathering uh, all of the people that we knew in Ranger Nation. And unfortunately, we don't know everybody between like, you know, between all of us, but we tried our best to, to include everybody. Yeah, I, I would say that if you were to ask, like, what's the one thing you're most proud of walking away from this, which is, is weird to say, because other like I, I was doing the Twitter stuff. So if you saw like the panel announcements and stuff and the graphics for that, like uh, not the guest graphics, but like the end of day panel listing, like I'm the one coming up with that, you know, with kids jumping all over me. But uh, the thing I'm most proud of is everybody that I saw being like, oh, I need to go check this out or I need to go. Uh, like I saw people be like, oh, I watched the first episode of Power Rangers Unworthy after I saw their panel. Or where can I find Shattered Past? You know, what do I need to look up? I, I want to watch that. That sounded really cool. Um, or like you guys said, like all these uh, other contributors that came in late that, you know, submitted five minute things or 10 minute things that are just awesome. And all these people are getting all these eyeballs on them now. Then, you know, on top of that, like, remember, like this, they got promoted by Ranger Nation. It got promoted by NY Games. That's a lot of eyeballs going out there regret wise i think and I'm, I'm guilty of it too we wanted to involve as many people as we could and wanted to involve as many content creators as you can and i think it's important to say that just because you didn't see uh maybe you didn't see a content creator that you really like or that you follow that's a favorite of yours doesn't mean we did not reach out to them there is a very high chance that we reached out to all the big name creators for whatever reason sometimes they're too busy sometimes things are going on not everyone uh, was able to get stuff in to participate on time if we missed somebody or it just went through our heads with the short amount of time that we did this in like 30 days there was a a mental cutoff where it went from who else can i reach out to 
to okay, I need we to make sure start this filming is, this. This yeah. needs to be filmed. This needs to be scheduled. I need to get this set up, and not just for the panels that you're on, but for the other panels that you want people to film on their own and send into you. Because it's not like the three of us or Mark Erlim had a hand in every single panel. A lot of it was when well, you mentioned the Toka ladies. I reached out to them and was kind of like, hey, you want to do a, a fun panel? Like, and I was like, make it an hour long. Talk about whatever you want and send it in. <laughs> you know, so there was a lot of that, but it was giving them enough time to be able to record something. And I'm glad that they had the time to do it because their panel got a lot of love so to everyone over there thank you so much for doing that that was really awesome yeah and shout out to the toku ladies because that was actually their first like on-screen film usually they're doing just audio podcasts for them to come together like that and submit a really fantastic panel that's really the power of ranger nation and the passion that a lot of fans have i was gonna tell you guys since this is kind of like an homage to a lot of conventions that aren't happening right now one of the things that i was gonna say is like i had never met Eric. I've listened to Eric previously, but I had never met Eric until like Power Morphicon, I don't know, maybe four years ago, maybe? Six years ago? It was, no, it was 2014 we first met. Six years. So six years ago is when I met Eric. And then, Chris, when did did we meet? In person, I think it was Comic-Con, right? Or no? We met, I want to say, we talked online a couple times. I think it was like 2017-ish. Right. 2016. We might have talked 2016. I don't think you and I actually... We saw each other at PMC 2018. I think we meant to see each other in San Diego 2017, and it just didn't work out. And then I think we had breakfast together at the Hasbro event in 2019. 19, that was uh, last year. That's yeah, great. it was you and Jezzer and me like sat down, had breakfast, and talked shop for a little bit. So that was fun. That Those was were fun good days, time. happy days. But then, like, even meeting, like, I I've seen Deoxy before. Like, I've seen his mm. stuff. Um, Heirloom, I've, I don't think I don't think met Heirloom in person. I know I met uh, Liz at Morphicon in 2018. But Este, I don't, you know, I never met him as well. But so many great content creators. I can almost imagine now that when we do see each other, imagine how massive that, like, party is going to be. How massive that, like, dinner table (laughs) is going to be. Now that everyone has, like, got a name and a face to everybody, by the time we can all get together, there's going to be a lot of people that are are, are of legal drinking age in the United States. I I have a feeling that it's going to be, everyone sits there and talks about, like, the Ranger actors throw good parties. Nah, man. The, the good party this this next time is going to be with the fans and Ranger Nation as we all come together after all this COVID BS is over with and celebrate actually getting to hang out with each other in person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how everything came together, I know it seemed to come off pretty flawless with the three streams, but a lot of it just felt like <laughs> last minute because there was a lot of planning that, that went involved. I know like the Enway panel that we did for Ranger Command, just the amount of approvals that we had to go through and just, we submitted fan questions like two weeks ago, put it out on on our channel and then filmed it last week. And then I think it was like, thursday when we got the approval for the trailer to go in yeah it was it was down to the wire with that trailer and we need to be mm-hmm. uh, pretty pretty tight that one was was tough oh man i don't know there's there was a couple heartbreakers too that we were working on that we wished that we could have gotten in for this one but overall like anyway specifically that was a that was such a cool experience with them because i will say like they had like short notice on our part too because they only had a month but they moved mountains to like make that happen and it was so effing cool 
By the way, we got a super chat from Larry Newbill. He says, the Viewing Globe was successful. Shout out to you guys and Ranger Toku Nation who got to participate on this very special event. Follow and subscribe to all of the creators and show some love. Thank you so much, Larry. It wasn't just Ranger Nation. We had Tokusatsu. We had Kamen Rider. I think one of the coolest segments was uh, Markatsu's like, hey, what's Kamen Rider? The whole Kamen Rider intro. That was just fantastic. Even my wife, who's, you know, seen one or two Common Rider shows, she was like, wait, what's that suit? What's going on there? Such a great intro to, like, introduce people. And another great educational video, uh, Julio Coolio's yeah. History of the Toys. That was fantastic. Like I said, some of these content creators just knocked it out of the park. And I think that's a fun thing to do, is kind of reminisce on some of these favorite moments. Because... I'll be 100% honest with you guys, the like final locked cut, I don't think anybody had seen it in its full entirety all the way through until it actually aired. So it, seeing some of the, I, I saw some of the, some of the uh, videos that we put in in between, but Marco Satsu, man, that guy crushed it. But there was also so many other submissions from other content creators that were just as awesome, that, which, I, which I didn't know about. But one man, I, I will say this, I was working with Sentai 5 and putting something pretty cool together for him, uh, and then it kind of fell apart at the last minute. It only fell apart because one part of it uh, didn't work out timing-wise, but if we do this again, there's a cool idea that we're working on with uh, Sentai 5, and it all spawned out of out of the viewing globe. But that's another great thing, like, he was still able to submit something yeah. with Power Rangers Hexagon. And also, you know, shout out to uh, George Jr., who put out these amazing top five Rangers of every color hey, um, i got i we also need to give a, a big shout out to uh to jacob database ranger database oh, ranger my god every I, single quiz you saw over the weekend whoo i had no idea that that was happening and he literally introduced every single panel this weekend and that was just incredible I got to give credit to to Jacob over there. And, and here's how that came together. Because we announced that uh, we were doing this probably last Saturday. And I saw that he was aware and he was in the chat. And I was like, listen, we'll talk after. He called me that night. I couldn't talk to him. So he called me on that next Sunday. Him and I spoke maybe 10 minutes. And uh, we came up with a couple of ideas. And I didn't think, honestly, he was going to be able to get it all done in time. And, and I remember Josh and I were waiting for two cuts left and it was Liz and him because Liz was opening the show with uh, she was going to be our like opening ceremony type of thing and his cuts we we're waiting for his cuts because we didn't create title cards because we thought it would be cool to almost have these kind of like digital interactive kind of things that fans could follow along with and I will tell you right now I didn't like tell him like what to do or how to do it he completely understood it he got it all of that was his idea and I was like man this dude is brilliant jacob i will that i will work with that guy any day of the week twice on sunday that guy is amazing <laughs> yep i mean he seriously put i mean that was almost like the glue to transition all those segments that, that was perfect so well done we all got oh, another good. super chat from rollover queen reviews bro i says i love all you thank you for filling in the whole pmc 2020 left can't wait to hug all you in 2021 great job thank you so much ro Amazing, amazing job for, for everybody, for all these content creators. Speaking of uh, some content creators, we got a couple people waiting in the wings that we want to bring in. So we've got Ryan from the Morphin Network and Ranger Liz herself. Liz. So guys, surprise. Doing? Hi, I'm here. Thank you guys so much. You guys, you guys really made it happen along with uh, a lot of you guys in here in the chat. You guys are all amazing. Estee, you know what? I will say this. One of my favorite panels of the week uh, was on Friday. 
and it was that influencer panel because I'd never seen a panel like that really done that way and kind of like talking about pros and cons and, and everything. I thought that was a like even the talk about channel monetization was like a, such a fascinating topic. You know what I mean? Yep. S- strikes from dealing with Hasbro and before that Saban Brands. Yeah. I hope that everyone that took away something from this weekend, I hope that you enjoyed the panels because that was something that, that Joe and I talked about. And I know I talked with Eric and Mark about it, too was I've been to, to 20, 30 conventions, um, and I know Joe's been to a billion conventions. Eric's been to a ton of conventions. I didn't want to make a show that had the same panels that you've already seen, that you've already heard, yep. that you already know the answers to. I did, That's not what I want to see, and I was my mindset was if I didn't want to see it as a, as someone who I don't want to call myself a casual fan at this point, but I, I'm believe it or not, I'm actually in the background more than I'm in the forefront anymore. But I, my belief was if I didn't want to see it, uh, other people probably wouldn't want to see it either. I wanted to make panels that I would want to see as a fan going in. So that influencer panel that was like, I loved it. I had panels that we didn't get to do that I thought would have been great, and and I almost want to. I almost want to. I don't know. Am I am I okay to mention one, a couple of my panel ideas? Are, are we like, saving them? Are yeah, we saving no, no, them? I think we should because I think the the cool thing that we kind of figured out also is with a, like a lot of these ideas that we have is that now like we can we we can almost say like hey Liz like we have a panel that would be perfect for you or Estee this would be a great panel for you to kind of like moderate or or you know like Deoxy th- th- this is a great one for you so. There's so many cool things that we got to discover, but I think, yeah, let's talk about them because, look, I'll be honest. We wanted to give you guys just a completely different experience that you're familiar with. We'll talk about if we're doing this again or not. I'm sure by the end of this uh, whole Q&A. I really want to do a panel. I wanted to do a panel, and I know I talked to you about it, Joe, and, and we were like, that'd be so cool if we had more time. I wanted to do like a panel, like a, a debating, have a couple fans, uh, we'll say like three or four people debate, you know, quote unquote, in continuity, in canon, whatever, who's the who's the strongest Power Ranger? In the middle of their debate, I wanted to just randomly have walk into their Zoom call a random ranger actor and being like, Hey, you know, WTF. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but, and then that same kind of like surprise thing, like, you know, have a a group talking about uh, light speed rescue or something. And then randomly in their chat, you know, a light speed rescue ranger pops in to be like, Hey, what's going on? I just dropped in to say hi. Those are things that I thought would have been really fun that needed more time to organize and put together uh, that we didn't unfortunately have. I mean, everyone can talk about panel that that they wanted to do. I'm sure, I'm sure Ryan down there, Morphin Network who contributed their team contributed like 45 panels uh, <laughs> yeah. i'm sure they probably had like 16 guests still waiting in the wings that they weren't sure about <laughs> yeah ryan talk about that like uh how, how was that coming together to film all of those so quickly for this event well so first off oh he actually texted me like four weeks ago so props to him originally he asked me to like get some ideas right what could my page contribute and i was like i had talked to the team they're like we did interviews like we're more famous as for interviews like okay we had an idea like let's get round up all the people we interviewed in the past like the past two years on our show and thank god because we actually had some of their like personal email addresses or email contacts so we reached out to like 24 actors and fortunately we were able to get like seven back so example, like the New Zealand voice actors, I technically talked to them in like to like a group chat. So I like, hey guys, you guys are down to do something like this? And yeah, they all agreed. Nice. <laughs> yes. Very nice. Yes. But yeah, I actually did have some more guests in line that I actually want to do this, but due to scheduling conflicts, they weren't able to do it. Well, still, I mean, yeah. even for the 11th hour, I mean, that's the amount of interviews that you guys did was fantastic. <laughs> And the amount of P 
people, Ryan, that were excited. I saw on the social when I was posting the, the panel announcements and the Q&A announcements, the amount of people that were excited by a lot of the guests that you got because they were just like, Leonbo, what? You know, or the, the voice of Korag, what? They were, they were exciting names because I think they're also, a lot of them are also people that you don't see at your typical convention. Yep. So for a lot of fans, this was the first time to actually, you know, put one uh, for the voice actor put a, a face to the name uh, but two to actually hear I want to hear Chris Graham talk about being Lee and Bo. I want to hear you know Jeffrey Dolan talk about uh, voicing Korag and voicing Gose and the, you know all that fun stuff I want to hear that because I, I don't think anyone's heard that before aside from previous interviews that, that you guys have already done but yeah. this is a nice big spotlight for everything so I thank you guys and make sure you tell your whole team thank you because you really made this show took it from being something that was was kind of cool into something that was amazing by the way I, we didn't even say that heirlooms in the chat with us right yeah let's say hi to mark because yeah, he decided to wake up from his slumber at uh, five <laughs> o'clock in the morning over there uh in, in good old england i know right it's like what five, uh, 20 past five <laughs> in the morning you know isn't this what after darks are about? It's about the after party and you've got to sleep it to the next one. Exactly. <laughs> Mark, I, I just wanted to say uh, you did a phenomenal job too with uh, a lot of the Q&As that you were participating in and, and moderating. Let me know what your experience with that was because I don't think you've ever hosted something like that as a, as a moderator, right? No, it was the, uh, the first time. So in my head, it was kind of like the doing it like an uh, an interview style which i normally do but then i realized halfway through to kind of change it so when i was like um hello guys uh, tell me who you are and everyone was just like i was like okay uh liz and then they'd be like yeah i've got to keep it like that and i keep forgetting it at the points because i was just waiting for someone to jump in so but i i, I now have the power for it and i now have the hunger so Thanks, Joe, for, uh, for giving me that hunger that I, I want to keep doing it. You have to give some props to Mark. I'm sorry to interject real quick. That's fine. <laughs> I, I don't have kids. I, I think I was talking to you about it, Eric. I'm like, at one point, I was like, man, I kind of feel bad for Mark because sometimes it's like, hey, <laughs> this panel will be really fun. Uh, Mark, go moderate it. <laughs> I liked it. I, I, I enjoyed it. It was good experience. So many times that Joe's like, Mark, go moderate this panel. <laughs> it's, it's, I, we threw him into the fire in a lot of situations because – Look, he was super eager to help out, and he was like, "Listen, what can I do?" And I was like, "Hey, do you uh, do you know about this?" And he was like, "Not really." I was like, "Cool, uh, moderate that <laughs> panel," and he just figured it out. Mark, with everything, what was the biggest challenge for you uh, throwing all this stuff together? Um, was I it think... was it time zone? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> time zones. Yeah, um, that was the thing. Actually, no, to be fair, like even like time zones aren't that much of a pain. It's just trying to figure out. It's like you got this at this time. Google, 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 and then we oh, cool, that's the time. I don't know. I didn't really find a lot of things challenging. I think it was just nerves. That was the thing. Because again, it was the first time doing something like this. So for me, I was more like, ah, oh, cool. But for like the influencer panel, like, I knew everyone on there. So it was a lot easier and it was a lot of fun. I kind of thought, oh, I think when it came near to the end, everyone was just like, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, please don't say I'm boring you. Please don't say I'm boring you. <laughs> um, Not at all. Not at all. Some of the fun moments, too, which nobody knows about except the. Uh, except uh, Mark, Eric, and, and Chris, is that we, there would be some pretty frantic situations in like the middle of the day that would come up. And I'd be like, hey, I need to talk. I need to call all, all of you guys right now. We, we got to jump on the phone. And then, was I, was, I was at my in-laws having dinner <laughs> and had to explain to them why I had to step out in the middle of dinner to take an Instagram group phone call to talk about 
we couldn't figure Some it out. Drama behind the scenes. We couldn't figure it out. I was like, should I Skype everybody? Should I? How do we? How are we do it? It was like Instagram call, and I had never gotten one of those before. My, my favorite thing too in that entire chat is here we all are. Right, it's like a serious conversation. Like it was some serious stuff going on. Like no oh, yeah. joke. And we're sitting there. We all got the video chat on, and and Joe just kind of stops. He's like, Chris, wherever you are, man, it's really pretty out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I know that Joe had been working way too hard and he was losing it at that it point. Was was like, to Aaron's credit, he jumped on the call too and he was like, I'm just about to go to bed. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> um, Hassan, he says, thank he, he also sends a super chat. He says, thanks everyone for putting this together and thank you, Ranger Nation, for ma- your amazing content. Being with this community is the best part of PMC. So I'm happy we still got to enjoy that this year. And I couldn't agree more. And his contributions too. Absolutely. Phenomenal. And he was in the chat for pretty much this whole thing. So yeah, he was. And Liz too, man. You guys are are were so good at keeping that chat alive in there. Amazing job. Yes. That's uh, super mod. <laughs> I didn't get to contribute as much as I wanted to uh, overall. Like I, I wish I could have gotten just more videos. You know, more little things done in. But uh, I was, that was kind of my own. In a little way of being like making sure this weekend was successful was constantly trying to get it up, just trying to mod, put links for the people who were talking, and just try to keep the community informed because you know I I do news and I'm a junkie for information. <laughs> that uh, Friday special edition Ranger Weekend review. Thank you for <laughs> opening the show with that because that turned out really well and. We can thanks. always expect that type of quality. Oh, so, thanks. I got to ask Liz, was that the quickest you've ever done one of your weekend reviews? Oh, my God. Uh, so, hey, you want to hear a fun behind-the-scenes thing? Wednesday yeah. was actually my husband's birthday. Oh, yay. And uh, and I was like, yeah, Joe, I'll get this to you, like, late Wednesday, early Thursday. And he sends <laughs> me a thing Wednesday, and he's like, hey, can I have it? It was, like, 6 p.m. my time. I look, and I'm not even kidding you. It's 2. He's like, hey, is there a way you can give me the Ranger Rick interview in like four hours? I just look at it and I'm like, no. Like, no. I still had like, my, my husband was working. I, I got a three and a half year old. I'm like, nope. So I do all I can. I was like, hey, sweetie, is this cool if we just like postpone your birthday and I work on this? And luckily he's amazing. And he was like, that's fine. I'll watch her. So yeah, between actual like filming, editing, exporting, uh, got into Google, sent you a thing. It was about three hours of just, I wish I could have added the Toku Week can review but that didn't work because that would have added at least another hour or two to it and i'm pretty sure you were i was like i was imagining you like come on Liz. <laughs> joe was king of the last minute things because he on that bluefin <laughs> i get like a window in the middle of the day like bryce is all like hey any chance you could go through and find a bunch of images and put them on timestamps for your interview with bluefin i'm like i didn't say it to bryce i'm like that's like a 59 minute panel after a couple cuts and <laughs> like i don't have time to sit there and rewatch my entire panel and figure out what images to put where I'm like i don't i don't have time for that i'm sorry listen 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 <laughs> yes Originally, they were not planning on having little icons for their heads, and that was it. But that was a last minute. That check. was the only reason is mainly because I went through, and then I was like, Bryce, just pull assets. And then he was like, I don't know what they're talking about. And, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then for, for Liz's scenario, it was a little different because 
I thought that when she wanted to submit it, it was going to be enough time. And then me and Josh were like in the midst of building everything. And then we realized, oh, shit, like we don't know if this is if we're going to make it in time to the point like we got it. Even when it finished, we were like, OK, the rendering is 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 going pretty quick. But then like the next day it was it was Tuesday. So that next day it was at zero percent. And I remember having like a huge freak out and even messaged you guys. I was like, hey. It's it's not processing, and you guys and I remember Chris was like, "Don't say that," and I was like, and I took a screenshot of the of it, and they were like, "Oh my god!" And then like me, Josh, and Daniel from my team we were freaking out, and uh, Daniel was the calm. He was calm. He was like, "You know, it's fine. It, it'll it's gonna work. It's gonna work." Me and Josh are like full on panic mode, and I remember like Josh's screen, and it went from zero to ninety five percent, and and oh. that was like. You would have think you would th you would have thought that we just launched a rocket ship into space the way that we did. <laughs> like, it, was, it, was, it was quite crazy. We all planned uh, originally eight hours, eight hours each day, which was going to end up being twenty four hours overall. We ended up getting so much stuff that we were like ten hours, ten hours and six minutes the first day. Then it was like almost twelve hours the next two days. So over three days, we just aired thirty six hours, which is which is crazy. When this started, Joe had told me, we'll be, let's aim for two days of content. We'll see if we can do eight hours on both days. And, and if we can do that, we'll be lucky. That was the quote, I think, our first week into it. Two people that I, that I loved featuring also, uh, George Jr., who I thought mm. did a brilliant job yep. yeah. of uh, counting down his... And his, his customs are great. His videos are great. And honestly, Orange Ranger videos. I love this dude. Sean is amazing. I think that he's hilarious, and I love that he's created like his own like continuity and world on his channel. He he did a phenomenal job, and I love the, the way that he kind of described the history of his channel too, mm -hmm. because it really gave me an insight on kind of like the kind of content that that's out there. He did an amazing. He did a fantastic job. Yeah, I, I wanted to highlight the the Earth Nerds too with their every day the f those were hilarious. So Just wait, wa walking everyone through the morphs that was great. You, so you want to? Uh, here's the behind the scenes story on that one. So uh, Bryce and I were on a phone call about editing, and he called me and he was like, "Well, I have this other uh, channel called Earth Nerd that that me and my cousin were always trying to get off, and you know, but I, we talk about Power Rangers, but you know, everybody talks about Power Rangers, but we want to do something different." And he was like, "How about we do like the morphs?" And I said, "And I said, Bryce, why don't you like do like a kind of like a like a Simmons workout video with the morphs?" <laughs> and then he was like, "Like no joke," and I, I for sure thought like. Cause it was kind of like a half joke and he was stopped for a second. He's like, that's brilliant. And then he came <laughs> up with like the wardrobe and he was going to do it like from every era. And then he just ran with it. And so then the it, green screen backgrounds, those are hilarious. Yeah. Yes, it almost became like this weird little Wayne's world, Richard Simmons, like, Power <laughs> Rangers. And, and, and then, then I started watching it and I, and I thought to myself, I was like, my God, they should be the new comedy duo for Dino Fury. Like <laughs> we can't do what we just did. We can't do that again. Right. We have yeah. to come up with something different, something better, something more inclusive, uh, something much more drawn out so we have a little bit more time to put everything together and get more people involved. And, and props to the community real quick because we had so many people involved and I don't believe this whole thing, quote unquote, leaked to the masses at all. Mm which I was just like, wow. Yeah, like... Um, <laughs> in the I world of leaks that we live in lately, like, that was really, really impressive. So to everyone who contributed, who was on a panel and stuff like that, and didn't yeah. go like, hey, 
That was awesome. Thank you, guys. Because that yeah. was a fun surprise to drop on people on, uh, on Power Ranger. Power Ranger Day. Oh, man. That's a whole other... <laughs> I forgot all about that. Jesus. Oh, my God. You, you want me to talk about that real quick? That fun Yeah, re- real quick. Okay, so we debated on whether what day we wanted to announce the Viewing Globe. And Joe's like, well, let's do it on Power Ranger Day. And we're like, okay, well, all the intel we had behind the scenes from talking to partners and stuff like that was that there probably was going to be a, a cast reveal on Power Ranger Day, right? So we were like, all right, well, we can't compete with that that news, right? So we will let that news come out. And then uh, maybe an hour or two after that news comes out, then we'll go ahead and announce our stuff. Like, let, you know, let the big Power Ranger news for the day go out, marinate, people talk about it, and then we'll throw our stuff out there. Well, thank you, Hasbro, for just like <laughs> not doing it in that day. And then sending out an email, and they're like, "Check out My Little Pony Power Ranger," and we're just like, "Should we? Should we just hit the button and go?" And we're like, "Yeah, let's do it." I was like, "Here we go." Um, there you go. That was it. That's how we announced it, and why we announced it when we did, and how we did it. That's pretty much how it happened. I mean, we were waiting. We were sitting on it for such a long time, waiting and waiting. And waiting, and then we got to a point where we're like, no, we just got to pull the trigger. But Chris is right. Like we were talking about viewing Globe Two, and um, we can say that we're like we're kind of like in the preliminary stages of putting it together. But uh, it'll be completely different from the experience you just experienced. Uh, yeah. We don't want to give out too much information because again, we're still like developing everything out, and um, we think it could be a pretty cool idea. Look, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people involved, just like the last one. Also, the the content that you guys have created. Please use it for your own channels also, because the one thing about that we want to stress to Ranger Nation is that, look, we're all in this together. We legit are all doing this together. So please go monetize your stuff on your channel. We're not content IDing anything, so everybody can try to make as best they can uh, for, for their love and passion. So please go out there and share your content with the world, because we want people to know about every single thing that you guys are doing. That was the one thing that we definitely want integrity to, is that we wanted to run a show that was for fans, by fans. Legitimately, everybody was a fan. And that's why I'm so proud of all the people that got involved in this. We know that Hasbro PulseCon is coming up, um, and that's available to everybody that's in the U.S. and Canada. One thing that we wanted to make this available for was everybody worldwide. worldwide. Almost every continent was represented at the course of this weekend. Uh, in the Ranger community, almost every continent. We had everybody, we had people from around the world enjoying this Ranger and Toku content. So we want to thank everybody for making this a true international experience. Or put the globe in the viewing globe. Mm. Exactly. Uh, there you go. I like what you Marketing. <laughs> maybe this is just me, but maybe for some of you also. There was kind of that, being with people like doing Zoom calls, maybe like if you had that anxiety of like, What's going to be like interacting with people and trying to do panels and trying to do stuff like on, on calls like this. And it, once I got done with it, I'm like, oh, no, this is cool. Like, I want to do this more. Like, this yep. is making me personally be like, well, this is actually pretty easy. I well, not like all of the whole convention, whatever stuff is easy, but like literally talking to someone on the computer like, OK, th- this was easier than ending up for me. To be like, I want to maybe collaborate with more people. I never do. I mean, look at my channel. Like, I never do stuff with other people. I, I'm, eh, you know. But I, I, I think I'm ready. Like, this is really showing me that there are other people out there, and that this is a great way to communicate with other people. And I hope that for all of you guys watching, you're being like, this is, 
we're still together in all of this and the, we're still yeah. a fan and we're still a community and and i'm just so excited to see what the community is going to be able to do after this now that we've come together even more one of the great things just about doing all of this planning all of this was you know this this whole pandemic that has been going on. It's just, it's cut a lot of us away from the people that we, we love to hang out with the people that we love to talk to and working on this for a month. You know, I, I just want to say thank you to Joe, Chris, Mark. This was a blast to just help put together. It really reignited like a creative energy in me. And it really re-energized me when with all everything going on and I, I just want to say thanks to Joe for that initial idea and getting this together, but also just thanks to everyone who participated in Ranger Nation because the creativity and the passion and the talent that this fandom has is second to none in, in any other fandom. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree with you more. Here's the thing, and this is one thing that uh, was a big goal of all of us uh, doing this, is that we wanted to show not just Hasbro, but like everybody that there's more content out there that's created for more than people that are just into a show that's created for two to six year olds. There's great stuff going on, as Liz said, in the comics. There's great stuff going on uh, in cosplay. There's great stuff going on in f these fan series and even Power Rangers merchandise. Like there's so many cool things happening in this community. And honestly, like, like you guys had said earlier, the Toku Ladies podcast, like there's so much different insight and, and a different market out there that, that that Hasbro, I really truly hope, does capitalize on. We wanted to show everybody, not just Hasbro, but we wanted to show, like, okay, so so we can't go have a real convention. That doesn't mean we can't still all get together and do something fun and awesome. Um, and yeah, we, we definitely wanted to show Hasbro too. Like, hey, you know what? We get these these half answers or these you know smile and nods, you know, or they 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 walk around the answer that you want them to say when it comes to so many different things on the, on like the toy and collectible side. And and I always bring this up every time I talk, but I always compare the Power Rangers fandom right now to where like the Transformers fandom was in the early 2000s, right? Mm -hmm. Before their big blockbuster movie came out and completely forever probably brought that brand up to the forefront, top three brand every single year in the world. And same kind of like there's a lot of creative, creative talent that, that rise up and they disappear just because there's nothing that sticks right now. And uh, I mean, I, I can... I, I think I can say this. I, I've talked to enough people, um, some of them in, involved or previously involved, that have you know come out and said that Power Rangers needs to change a lot of things if they want to get back to the level of success that they had uh, at its peak back in the mid-90s. You can't keep operating the brand the way it has been operating for the last 20 years and expect lightning in a bottle or something like that. So what we want them to see and i and i think i can speak for everybody on this panel what we all want them to see is that hey you know what there are older fans out there and if you take a shot with us if you take a shot if you put the money you put the effort maybe if you listen you talk to us we can help guide you in the right direction in terms of creating something that's more inclusive to all the older fans not just the diehards that are uh, participating in the viewing globe but the diehard the casual fans that are like yeah, I would totally watch something of like that. That cool Lord Draken trailer that I saw online three years ago—that was really cool. I'd watch that. They're out there. Like it's a glass ceiling, you know. And but the thing about glass is you can break glass, right? 
so let's break the glass and see how high we can really get with this stuff. I just want them to take a shot, take a chance. And that goes with everything. That goes with, with Toy Eye, with Common Rider, you know, like take a shot, uh, you know, with the wider market, just take a shot. Man, I'm struggling to, to find out what different ways to tell these companies, like how, like what else can we do to take a shot other than fine, we'll make a viewing globe too, we'll make it even bigger, we'll make it even better, and it'll be again it's a free. We'll make it better than your Hasbro Pulsecom, like. <laughs> let's go like let's go you know i haven't left the world of power rangers in the last month because we've been working so hard on this yeah. but it did make me feel like a lot and eric knows this that the whole reason that i even got into doing this was partially because of eric because i loved his podcast so much ranger command power hour and that was one of the first bits of Power Ranger content I really started consuming. And I really knew Eric in No Pink Spandex. So it felt like my generation of Power Ranger fans felt very much like the Saban era, how it would have been with Power yeah. Rangers. And then it feels like right now with, with the fandom that it is now, it's like, you know, uh, Este and George Jr., that generation now, we have that like Disney generation that uh, <laughs> is following up behind us. But it's yeah. really us like showing that like, you know, these new creators out there are doing a killer job and you cannot deny oh, how much you, they're putting You want to hear something scary? All right. <laughs> Li Josh living Ranger Key. Yeah, how old he was when Samurai came out? Oh boy, I'm afraid to ask. Was he like, he's in his like, like, like eight. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a baby he made me uh, i had him on ranger command uh last month and he made me feel like an old fart i mean he really did <laughs> i was gonna say i felt so much like watching these young youngsters do their thing i was like man i didn't know it half watching that influencer panel i was like i didn't know half this stuff about youtube i felt like such a boomer you were just listening to the Viewing Globe After Dark Q&A. This was a heavily edited down version, and there's actually about an hour and a half more content and behind the scenes and joking around and contest winners. So for the full viewing experience of that, we will include a link to the full After Dark Q&A. Up next is Enway Games and then Brennan Mejia. Hello and welcome to the Viewing Globe's virtual Ask Enway panel. My name is Eric Berry, also known as b 47 from Ranger Command Power Hour. Today I'm joined by Rose, community and marketing for Enway Games, Brian Murphy, combat designer for Power Rangers Legacy Wars, and Long Tran, senior combat designer for Battle for the Grid. Welcome to the Viewing Globe. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, it's great, absolutely. Great to be here. Yes, welcome. Uh, so for those that uh, haven't heard Ranger Command Power Hour interviews uh, before for uh, Legacy Wars, we've done uh, several interviews uh, over the past uh, couple years for different aspects of the game. So if your question wasn't answered today, you can check out rangercommand.com and find our past interviews with Enway for both Legacy Wars and Battle for the Grid. But let's get right into it. So it's been a crazy time uh, this year with everything with the pandemic and a lot of companies and a lot of different video games have all had their teams working from home. And some of the questions that we received from listeners and, and viewers, they really want to know how has maintaining the game changed during this time, especially uh, working from home, not being in the office. 
I guess, um, how about I'll start and then we can kind of segue to the guys here. But overall, we, I'm sure most people know, like you mentioned, especially with the gaming industry, not only the physical limitations, right, of not being able to talk to your coworkers, not being able to uh, see development just visually in person, but also being able to have kind of the equipment we need has definitely impacted the development process within the games. But I think for specifics, we can go a little bit more into that for like Legacy Wars and Battle for the Grid. How about uh, we have Brian? start that conversation well really the the biggest challenge has has kind of been communication Mm -hmm. i'm not really a stranger to working from home but that that could be a new thing for a lot of people or at least a a prolonged period of working from home could be a new thing for a lot of people and sometimes you get all cooped up you get all anxious might not know what to do with your time that might reflect in the way you talk to people some people are better at talking online Mm -hmm. some people are terrible at talking online you just have to not be so afraid to just shoot somebody a direct message the same way if you're in the office right you don't always have to make like an official meeting for something people are always used to like oh well i got this meeting at two i got this meeting at five we're gonna get in the gonna get in the google call gonna get in the zoom call we're talking about this talk about that you just can't be afraid to act as if i was in the office and I'm looking over to somebody's desk and waving them over. Just like pre- ha- have a little bit of imagination, play some pretend, and it's not too crazy, I think. Luckily, I've got a good imagination, so it hasn't been too hard. For me, it's been pretty personally challenging because I'm a pretty extroverted person. Like I really like to talk to people. So uh, the first couple of months were really difficult for me. Because, you know, I was just going stir crazy <laughs> in the house. Yeah. You know, I like that that break where you leave the house and you're like, this is my work time. Travel to work, you get there, like, this is my work time. And then when I go home, I'm done, right? It doesn't feel like that anymore. <laughs> now everything's just a blur. So it's been pretty challenging and uh, in that aspect, just personally. And then um, for character development, which is what I've been mainly focusing on this year, it has its ups and downs, mostly downs, but <laughs> I've learned to get over that. Because, uh, you know, in office, you can just walk over to your animator. You can say, hey, this is what this move should look like. And you can try to act it out. You just can't do that anymore. So I've learned how to uh, make uh, intricate diagrams using, like, Google Docs and spreadsheets and using uh, this little program I thought it was called. But, you know, I have to point out, have these arrows and all these uh, little call-outs. This is what this needs. <laughs> Especially when it's frame-sensitive, this move needs to do this at this frame, it has to travel this far. That gets really difficult, but I'm getting yeah. pretty good at it. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's, it's pretty fun to do now. But overall, I can't wait to get back to the office. But, you know, I think this is a really good skill to learn. So I'm, I'm fine with it now. <laughs> I think um, we should also mention that this is also, you know, the pandemic doesn't only challenge the gamers or the game development team, but it also like marketing wise, we definitely have some great plans within the year to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, our timing definitely for releases has changed. We know we had some plans without the year. We were really excited about uh, not only for the game, even for our online, excuse me, not online, our uh, offline events, like for the league, which, you know, I'm sure we'll probably bring up later. But overall, I think we just want to say, you know, thank you to the fans and uh, players for really being flexible with us at this time too, as we are trying to adapt to the pandemic challenges. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing I, I wanted to kind of segue into is that, you know, despite the pandemic going on, we've actually had quite a number of new characters this year, especially for Legacy Wars. You know, Tori Hansen, Ninja Storm Blue, Kia, Omega Blue Ranger, Astronema, Cam, uh, Ninja Storm Green Samurai, uh, Sam, the Omega Ranger. And also for Battle uh, for the Grid, we have a whole season three launch with uh, RJ and Lauren and the Samurai Megazord and, and some of that. So, you know, despite everything happening, there's still a lot going on. I wanted to talk a little bit about what has the development cycle uh, for these characters been like? Anything you want to mention with some of these new characters that people may have missed out on? Something I kind of wanted to bring up with, with Tori uh, the most recent Legacy Wars character. It, it ended up being the, we ended up making two Ninja Storm characters in a row, except Cam is, is more of a samurai. Mm-hmm. Tori is a, is a lot more ninja. And the last time we ended up having a ninja character was Adam, Mighty Morphin Adam with, with the really high fly, awesome ninja moves. So we really didn't want to do like a copy of, of, of that. You know, we like, we want to have some cool ninja moves, but we don't want, to just do Adam again. Yeah. Uh, so it was really, we wanted to give her like some really like, like some fast, some fast and long range moves. She had one of her breakers is really high flying, shoots a really big thing out. She ended up being a, a whole lot of fun to play. I think people have been responding to her really, really well. A fun tidbit to note is that earlier on we were making the character, the assist when she shoots up the water pillar, it only was uh, right next to her when she mm. shot up the water pillar. Uh, after fiddling around some things, we found out it was, it was way more interesting and way more fun if the water pillar shot out and tracked to where the opponent was. That not only made it stronger, but also made it unique because it's the only uh, long-range launching counterattack that the game has. So hopefully people have taken notice of that <laughs> and they're, uh, they're slotting that into their teams. Yeah, very nice. And... Um... I also wanted to mention uh, Kia, the Omega Blue Ranger, because, again, that's a unique comic book character that's never been seen in other media. Uh, so how how was that developing her moveset and kind of digging back into the comics for Necessary Evil? So making a character that only appears in the comics is a blessing and a curse. The, the best part about it is, whoa, like we've never seen them in action really. So we can do whatever we want. This is awesome. Oh, wait, we don't have footage of like the way that they move. We don't mm-hmm. have anything to directly pull from. How often do they fight in the comics? Sometimes you come up with a character where they only fought for literally one chapter, which my favorite character that I worked on, uh, Dragon Shield, Kimberly, she she's a, she's a one chapter character. Yep. Had to design something off of just that. Kia luckily has a lot more screen time, but there's just kind of an even mix. Uh, there's an even mix of new stuff and stuff that's like pulled directly from the comic pages. Like the mm-hmm. one of the things that's very directly from the comics is Kia's assist, the long the long dash punch. Mm-hmm. I don't remember specifically which chapter it is, but you you can you can see the the panel where we took that exact move. Yeah, kind of like that 
those downward punches that she does in in the comics. Yeah, really cool. And the, and the trident moves. Yes. The, tr- the, tr- the trident moves are great. And then moving on for Battle for the Grid, the season three launch with RJ and we got the Daishi Phantom Beast King skin. Long, can you tell us a little bit more about that development for those characters? So that was 2.3. And luckily, for me at least, uh, we had a pretty good gap between season two and season three. So I had a lot more time to flesh out RJ and develop the... Uh, the Megazord revamp, how we added the Megazord meter. That took a lot of development time, and I'm really happy and I'm proud of my team for being able to pull that off in that amount of time. So, And then we had we added the Samurai Megazord at the same time, which turned out pretty popular uh, <laughs> because of the Dorito. But <laughs> The Dorito, right. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I really, I, I'm really proud of 2.3. Um, we got a lot of time for it. You know, RJ turned out super popular. People love playing RJ. He has a really unique style, really aggressive. Uh, the combos look really nice. It's fun to play physically. <laughs> so yeah, I, I really, I hope we do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really happy with the, the feedback we've gotten from fans and uh, people really like what we turned the game into since that uh, 1.0. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And We'll probably talk about Lauren uh, in a bit because she's uh, next up. But moving into that, we actually are going to talk about like character requests, you know, approvals in the game. And we actually had uh, Lee Roberts at Pirate Monkey. He asked, do we receive new characters often for Legacy Wars than Battle for the Grid due to the difference in approval process between the games? Or is it more of a development hurdle? And by approval process, he's just referring to updates because the different platforms have obviously varying uh, processes for updating the game. So he'd love to hear more about the differences between uh, console versus uh, PC for Legacy Wars and Battle for the Grid. I want to start off with that one. So when you think about like the type of the game, the type of game that Battle for the Grid is, and the type of game that Legacy Wars is. Legacy Wars, each character, you know, they have their idle stance, maybe a unique dash, maybe unique block, two or even three taunts, four moves, an assist, some uh, menu animations, and as far as assets go, toss in some sounds and visual effects, and the, that's like on the asset creation side, then that's done, and then it's, it's all design, implementation, programming, things like that. And then for Battle for the Grid, there's a whole lot more that goes into a character than, than just those handfuls of moves and, and animations. And mm-hmm. not only is there so much asset creation, but putting them in the game and making sure they work is all that much more and the way they interact with other characters. I don't know how many combat states each Battle for the Grid character has. I don't know if Long can give you an estimate. But Dude, uh, <laughs> I can tell you, I, I, I don't work on uh, Legacy Wars, but I've seen Mike work on it. I've seen his, the state, his state machine and how many states he has. I can tell you, Quantum Ranger has probably at least 20 times as many. He, he's the most com- wow. a complicated character in the game. I can tell you that's probably true. 20 times as many states in, you know, it's, it looks like... <laughs> yet, yet, machine. yet at the same time it doesn't take 20 times as long 
to right, get right. the character out so we can be all yeah. thankful for that for that it probably. takes a lot longer though and that's part of the answer to this question <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's just due to the, the nature of the games and what the games require for yeah. a new character getting made yeah, and as far as approvals, uh, yeah, the, the you know five platform thing for Battle for the Great is awesome. Obviously, you know we have crossplay that's so sick, but that also has its uh, drawbacks in that you know each platform has their own compliances you have to meet. So that whole thing um, takes considerably longer. Right. So that's definitely going to be a hurdle every time, every patch. Now, speaking about characters and the approval process, who decides what characters are added? Or Battle for the Great? <laughs> for both games. So I'll, I'll take a stab at this one. It's really funny. I think I will... I would love to plug our socials for this one because the truth is we really do follow what the community like tells us. For example, for Battle for the Grid, it's great. The community is very healthy. They love to make their own polls ahead of time. It's really funny on the timing because without going into it, right, because we can't talk about what's happening up next, yeah. but we've had the, the moment of check marking and saying, wow, we actually caught what they were trying to tell us before we even knew the result. So, <laughs> so we actually, I think we've been, our team has been pretty good about being in sync of, you know, what characters the community wants, not only through social, like we check every platform, but also the community is really great at reaching out to us and telling us what they do want. So that's kind of the main or not main, but a very big influence in what design in uh, what characters are added to the two at least battle for the grid and for legacy wars it's the same thing i think it's a little bit more formal where we do have a poll so i think by the time this is out we will have already had our poll out as well for legacy wars um for national power rangers day so definitely nice. just follow the socials i think you're gonna get a good answer for that awesome yeah and when we put out the call for questions for this panel we had to like lump everything together into like one section because uh, a lot of people just use it as a platform to make requests for for characters for different uh, move sets and uh, I think it's really great that you guys take the time to listen to fans and incorporate that type of feedback with polls. Yeah, for sure. From my end, I really look at the entire roster and I try to push for the characters that would balance it out more. Try mm -hmm. to, like for instance, um, for season three, there are probably too many good guy rangers and too few female villains. So that's kind of something I look at. I try to push for a balance, try to push in more villains, more female villains especially. So in that aspect, I have a little bit of say and I try to you know balance it and make sure that the gameplay doesn't when, when you play the game, you go into the roster, you look at it, you don't want to see like 16 Rangers and three villains, you know? You want to, it has to like, <laughs> yeah. you know, balance. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. And um, I think in the future, hopefully we get more, more balanced characters <laughs> roster. Hopefully, we'll see though. <laughs> Moving on, another question that got asked a lot is about the lifespan of the game and people were asking what's the lifespan is realistic for legacy wars and uh particularly uh josh moore at kentucky jam he s said is it reasonable to think that there's still years of life ahead with continued updates 
And that's obviously something that a lot of fans are, are invested in. They're invested in these games and, and the longevity. I think it goes back to like the support we get from our community and the fans. I think the team has proven, like you mentioned, even through the pandemic challenges, that the studio does want to continue working on, you know, expanding the lifespan of this game, uh, not only Legacy Wars, but also for console. Um, again, I think we've also proven as a studio that we really work on accessibility for the players. So not only are we available for both the big parties for mobile, but also for console, again, cross-play in almost every platform, right? So it goes back to the lifespan is really dependent on how much the support or the continued support we'll have from the fans, I think. Yeah, absolutely. One of the big questions uh, that we got as well from a number of people was we've got a whole new console generation coming out, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X. What uh, considerations have there been, if that's something that you can answer for the next generation of, of consoles? It's similar to what I said recently, which is, again, we always work on accessibility because we want all players, all rangers to be able to enter the grid, right? So we're doing our best to not only think about what is good for the current console platforms, but mm -hmm. also for PS5 and, you know, Xbox. I mean, it's going to be interesting because since they are not fully out yet, we're not able to determine if, for example, does it have to... Can it be an extension of Battle for the Grid? Will they be backwards compatible or will it have to be, you know, like a sequel? We, we won't really know too much yet until those uh, companies explicitly announce how this will work. But yeah. um, I am aware that within the studio, we are working into just trying to keep up the longevity of the game and hopefully generations to come. Yeah, absolutely. So we have both combat designers here. So let's get into actual combat questions. So Adam at little Adam 87 said for legacy wars, when performing balance updates, do you also take a look at how older characters perform against newer characters? Uh, newer characters tend to have looping combos that make it difficult for older characters to compete. So he mentioned bouncing being a big problem where new characters can loop while the opposing player struggles to react. I think I kind of get the, the gist of what they're, what they're saying. Uh, so when, when it is time, finally time to, to like push forward a balance update, it's a little bit of community feedback, mm -hmm. a little bit of looking at data of win rates, lose rates, and usage rates is a big one because it's not just who's winning a lot, but also who's being used a lot. Hmm. The ideal characters to target are the characters that are being used a lot. If there's a character that's not winning all too much, hmm. but people are still using them a lot, then that's, that's a pretty prime target to improve the character because people clearly love them a lot. Sometimes it's just a character that's just been hanging around in the background, not doing a whole lot. So we figure... It's yeah, it's finally time. They're going to get their time in the sun. They're going to get something fun, something extra fun. Mm -hmm. With older characters maybe struggling to compete against newer characters, that's not always that's not always the case. There there can be a bit of a trend, but data does show that the game is in a pretty good state balance-wise even across new content and old content. But the reason why new content kind of has a different feel to it than the older content is that when the old content was made, the game was new and people were still kind of figuring out how to play it in the same sort of way that we were figuring out like how, how, how to make it. Mm -hmm. uh, and as the game goes on, we better understand 
what a character needs to succeed within the systems. And that helps us create new characters that are more fleshed out and take advantage of the system. So one of the trends you'll notice is that after a certain point, more characters started getting like faster combo starting strikes. Mm -hmm. More characters started getting breakers that recovered faster. So you could branch into a block. You started getting more 50-50 dash cancels, interesting gimmicks that changed the game, things like that. It's not power creep in the traditional sense that we have to introduce like super powerful things just to keep people moving on to the new stuff. It's really more a natural evolution of the expanded understanding of the game comes with an expanded understanding of how to create content for the game. Yeah, and I think that's one of the unique things about Power Rangers and this franchise is that there are so many different Rangers. We've got literally hundreds at this point and with, you know, more being added every year. So, yeah, I, I can definitely see that evolving evolution that that just continues with these characters long also knows a thing or two about (laughs) evolving your understanding of design yeah as the game grows yeah i mean uh it's funny because it's it's not like it's not totally the same but it's kind of similar in that when the game launched you know it didn't have all the sweet mechanics that it has now so the, the launch characters back then were complying with those rules right so as last year, I kept on expanding with the combo system. We added ground bounces, OTGs, and all this stuff. The later characters that were designed after that, you know, they took advantage of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because the older characters, they weren't awful, but it didn't seem to fit as well. So at the same time, when I was making these new characters fit into the new combat system, the combo system, I would, you know, take time to actually go back and revisit characters like Gia. Uh, make her animations faster and give her ground bounces, wall bounces, and all this stuff. And that was really interesting to me. That was really fun to me. Like, it's always more fun to buff a character than nerf a character, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know all too well what Brian's talking about. Like, the evolution of the game, even if it's forced by the designer, you know, you have to go back and, you know, upgrade the older characters that were made in uh, a different time. <laughs> Battle for the Grid has has changed its mechanics quite a lot since launch whereas legacy wars the 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 major system changes have just been oh give every character or most characters a dash cancel on their multi-hit add in the very hard rule rock paper scissors system add extra cooldown when you use a blue skill and all that was like really you know pretty decently spaced out battle for the grids progression and its mechanics just ramped up so fast. It's 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 really astounding. Yeah, how, how and, well they were able to turn it around. Yeah, and as as a player, just the difference between launch versus now, it, sometimes it almost feels like a completely new game. Totally is. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, nothing to add there. Yeah, no, totally, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. it is. I know that this is not. This is just a little two cents here. I really do think our designers, like you, I'm not just saying it because they're in this call, (laughs) but (laughs) I I do believe that these guys really take a lot in consideration of how, how the players also evolve with the game. And so I think they really do a good job in considering that when they're making the next move set, right? Like they do listen. I I mean, I don't know if they're going to say it here, but they definitely do listen not only to what players have to say, but they also look at, for the best interest of how the game can evolve for, for years to come. So just a little compliment 
to toss their way, I guess. Thanks. <laughs> and if I could throw, and if Thanks. I could throw a compliment to the players, players are getting really good. Yeah. Play, yeah. Players are getting really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I, I remember um, we went to Evo for uh, Battle for the Grid, right? We had that. I think that was like our first real tournament that we had um, and we be part of. And then seeing them at like the last Vanguard virtual stop was crazy. Like the difference in not only the skills, but also how they're able to develop combos or like build off of the gameplay that you guys have created. So I think the players obviously deserve a round of applause for that too. <laughs> Yeah, it brings a tear to my eye. Every time I see someone do some crazy stuff, I'm just like, damn. <laughs> He's not exaggerating. Either. He cried. Oh, God. I don't know if I should <laughs> Like, Am I allowed to embarrass you? Am I? He, I'm already, uh, I embarrassed myself enough. He, like, so at, um, fun story. So at Evo, right? We were watching the finals and there's like a VIP section up on top and that's where the studio was watching. And during the moment where I think it was a skills that kills, he was, we're talking about battle for the grid, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Forgive me if it's wrong, but someone says like, this is the best fighting game ever. And I just see this guy over <laughs> <Yeah>. here. Be like... <laughs> 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 maybe, just... maybe that might not when a new Legacy Wars character comes out for like the whole weekend, I'm just occasionally checking up people's streams, okay. checking up people's clips on Facebook, Reddit, Twitter. And when somebody like points out, hey, you know, there's this actually pretty interesting thing you can do. Like, oh, they found it. Yeah, <laughs> they found it. <laughs> that is true. Brian constantly messaged, hey, did you get any feedback? And I'm like, oh yeah, we got this. And I'll send it. I, I can't yeah, emphasize these guys are really great. Yeah. Very nice. Edward Sanchez, uh, Edward is the man. He had a pretty great question just from a development standpoint. In your opinion, what character that you've worked on has been the hardest to actually design? You want to go, Brian? So of the characters that I've worked on, one of the hardest characters I guess the hardest from start to finish was Quantum Ranger. Mm. That was a really cool cross-promotion, simultaneous, nearly simultaneous release of Battle for the Grid and Legacy Wars. So it was like, we're coming out with Quantum Ranger in Legacy Wars and Battle for the Grid at about the same time, make everybody happy, everybody loves them, super popular character. So, well, okay, to highlight the the cross promotion let's make his moves like reference battle for the grid maybe they'll so they would uh, look like they're not exact animation copies they actually did mm-hmm. recreate the animations it's it's not a copy and paste we took moves from battle for the grid and said okay these are the ones we're putting in legacy wars and try to make it work together as a kit instead of designing it well it's like instead of designing it from scratch it was it was sort of like like a scrapbook and then try to find the utility behind it all Mm. But his main gimmick, well, one of his main gimmicks in Battle for the Grid is when he does his uh, his super and he changes his moveset entirely for a brief moment of time and he gets this great burst of power, does does the great Virgil reference quote, everybody loves it. So that has that, okay, we could put that in, in Legacy Wars. Let's do a thing where he changes movement entirely. So then it turned into, okay, let's make him like do this thing where he, he switches between regular mode and blade mode and he like does all this crazy stuff it was so hard to wrap your brain around and keep track of it uh (laughs) to make sure it would work within the systems 
for those that play Legacy Wars on an active basis, you might notice that in a recent balance update, Quantum Ranger got touched and he got a whole slew of upgrades to his kit. So if you played him before the update and you haven't played the game since or you haven't played Eric in a while, boot up the game, give him another look because like that's the Eric that we really wanted to have from the start. But he's finally here and he is... People are doing really awesome stuff with him. As a fellow Eric, I will say he's a great character. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then, then uh, Long, how about you for Battle for the Grid? I can't really think of a single most difficult one to design for, but I can tell you some challenges we face trying to design some of the characters that don't have a lot of screen time from either uh, source material. So, for example, uh, Senzo Glue. Like, he doesn't really do much in the movie. He does, like, this triple kick, and then that's it. <laughs> he does a cool, he has a cool martial arts well, scene. Well, Long, he's, <laughs> Cenozoic Blue Ranger is not in the movie. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't want to hear it right now. <laughs> I was waiting so, for that. So, so, you know, he has this EMP move from Legacy Wars, and it's like, oh, what do we do with this guy? You know, he doesn't have a lot of screen time from the, the movie. Even though he's, he's not in, he's not. In oh yeah, yeah, yes, of course. You know, let's pretend that that's where we're supposed to draw the inspiration from. <laughs> he does, he does some cool like martial arts stuff, right? But he doesn't really use any kind of uh, like mystical powers or anything. So we just kind of took some inspiration from Legacy Wars when we were designing for Battle for the Great. He has, he has this EMP move where he does this kind of thing. It shocks you, I think. <laughs> They're like, well, let's just make his theme like lightning based. So now he has like an Iron Man uh, <laughs> repulsor thing from his hands. He does. He has a portal engine where I don't know why. He just <laughs> has a portal he speeds up through. I thought that was badass. You know, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> and it, it happened. Like people like it, and that's one of the, the funnest parts about design. Actually, is being able to be creative and just making these new moves for these characters, so that maybe in the future when these characters get put in another type of media, maybe they reference our game. They're like, yeah, you know how we did this thing in Battle for the Great? Why, don't, why doesn't he do that now? So Yeah, and, and Cenozoic Blue was definitely one of the surprises when the game first came out because, um, you know, technically it's not from the 2017 movie. It's the past version of that character. Right. And to see those lightning moves, it, it's such a unique character for Battle for the Grid. And I, I think it worked out really well. Yeah, for sure. And, and in the same vein, Zed was kind of challenging in that aspect. He, he does do a little bit of fighting. Like there's that epic scene with him and Jason. But there aren't a lot of uh, special moves you can really pull out of uh, the TV series. But it was really fun making them up like his super i think he has the most badass super in the game 100%. The, the, those, those putties are hilarious that yeah. is that is awesome <laughs> yeah that was really fun to do and in my my main philosophy designing zed was like you know we can just go cookie cutter just to have him do like magical spells out of staff but no i wanted him to feel super threatening from any range like he has his presence on the screen yet you have to respect Lord Zed, you know, so he has that, <laughs> exactly. that stand, he has that standing heavy, he reaches full screen, and it's like, all right, all right, I see what this guy's about now, and he feels super Zed-like, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah. When I when I fight against Lord Zed, I feel like I should always be blocking 
Yeah. Uh, Matt, I'm full screen. <laughs> I still don't want to shoot a fireball. I'm just too scared. Um, so obviously the major inspiration for the characters and their moves is obviously the, the source material. Um, but what do you personally bring in into the move set? Uh, maybe something from a movie you watched, maybe little details to give a little bit extra to the character, not just from what's seen in in the comics or uh, the TV show. Uh, For me, I play like, I've been playing fighting games for like 30 years. So, uh, and I play a a wide range of character uh, archetypes. Like I played Rushdown, that was what I mainly played in Marvel 2. And I played super uh, totally keep away. So I have, I feel like I have a really good sense of what it literally feels like to play a character. And I try to bring those elements into each character when I'm designing them on a, on a base level. Like, okay, I want this character to feel like a really annoying character, like Udana. I want her <laughs> to feel super annoying. What, like, what characters have I played kind of bring that feeling to me? And so I'll reference characters like, like for instance, Quantum Ranger, mm-hmm. uh, his his uh, his blaster gun where you can shoot it like five times, four times. Um, obviously, that was Cable, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Why are you calling out? Yeah, I just straight up, I just straight up said, hey, dude, you know we have a large overlap of Marvel players, and this is a super cool throwback to this character that isn't around anymore, you know? And I wanted to bring Cable back. And when people saw that that turnaround with the, the behind shot, they're, you know, like Maximilian went crazy over it. And I was just, that just made my day. <laughs> so that's the kind of inspiration I go for. I like to do a lot of nostalgia just from my personal experience as a, as a boomer from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of thing I like to go for. Obviously the gameplay matters a lot. So, uh, you know, that aspect, you really have to try to commit to an archetype, you know, draw mm-hmm. from your experiences and use references that you're comfortable with, especially when it comes to frame data. That's like going into the weeds, but um, that's the kind of stuff that goes into pretty much every single dub for the great character these days. Nice. Legacy Brian? Wars. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Here I am. Legacy <laughs> Wars is a little bit different. It's a different type of game. The The details aren't quite as minute as that in a console fighting game. So a, lo- a, a lot of the differences between characters tend to be in very broad strokes that really affect kind of like the whole character. And when they only have that small handful of moves, mm-hmm. then one, one move changing affects a whole lot of it. So, uh, so some, some good examples would be uh, for inspiration would be Ninja Adam, great character, loved working on him. Everybody loves him. Um, some of my favorite, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a deep pull, but some of my favorite fighting games ever are the Naruto GameCube games. I will, oh, wow. always, sh- I will always shout <laughs> those games out any chance I get. Um, and I'm, so I'm like, oh man, ninjas. Ninjas are cool. <laughs> I, know, I know how ninjas fight in fight games. And just kind of went to town there, and that was loads of fun. Uh, the other character I loved working on, uh, Dragon Shield, Kimberly, not only were her, when it came to her general play style, that had to take, I took direct inspiration from the comic itself. Because mm. even though 
I didn't get the chance to get a whole lot of moves from the comics, just a single move from the comic, the, the big full screen shoot the dragon dagger thing. Um, her play style is she's kind of playing from behind the whole match, doing kind of middling damage. But then when she's low on health, she just goes absolutely nuts doing huge damage, cheap moves, long combos, an undodgeable projectile, all of that. That was meant to evoke the feeling that the story was at at that mm. point for that one chapter. It's like like this is the final chance. This is our one giant push to fight against Lord Draken. This is yeah. the, this is this is the time. We got to do it now. So, when you're playing Dragon Shield Kimberly, you know, you're 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 fighting pretty well. You're holding your own, but when 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 your health is low, all the cards are on the table. You got to win and you got to win now. You just you just go crazy on them with the super mode. So that was that was uh, that that was the inspiration behind the gameplay style. And as far as her, like her animations and like her the style of moves that she had, I just kind of had to think back to all right. So who uses a bow and a dagger? Oh, I, I thought a lot about Archer from Fate Stay Night, the fighting game based on Fate Stay Night. Got a few ideas there, and eh, I think I think it, I think it worked out pretty well. Very cool. Any maybe tips or suggestions for people who want to get into designing video games, specifically combat? Oh, specifically combat. That's hard. Yeah, that's a loaded one. That's a loaded <laughs> that's, one. <ugh. laughs> now, what, I don't know. What type of combat do you want to make? What type of combat do you like? Um, ooh. Yeah, this, this is really, this is, this can get really subjective. So is it, a, is it a, is it a versus game? Is it a 10 player versus game? Is it a one versus many characters game? Oh man. I, I suppose the number one thing for combat is as the same when it comes to like action in general, like you know, whether you're platforming, whether you're pointing and clicking on heads in a shooter you need to make sure whatever you're doing has to feel really good mm -hmm. it's got to feel perfect not just the control but the feel of the control hit stop and sounds play a large part of that but it's kind of going to be a lot of up to your own intuition on what speeds of actions and the transitions between those actions feels like and not only how it feels to control your dude, but how it feels to watch the other dude get hit really, really hard. Yeah, it's... be able to reverse engineer games that you like, right? Mm. You play a game and, you know, if you if you find yourself having like an aha moment, like, wow, this, this game got me hooked. Like try to reverse engineer that, you know? Try to make that, put that into your game. Like. How do you want to translate that feeling, you know, and get it out of your game? That's how I've been going about it. <laughs> I think that's the best way because you can't design for some, you know, an experience that you haven't felt. You have to design for an experience that you know. I mean, that sounds like... <laughs> so deep, man. Certainly, certainly the reason why you would want to make games or work on games is because you love games. A game yeah. at yeah. some point has made you feel a certain way and it moved you so powerfully, you're like, I gotta make somebody else feel this. Yeah. Exactly. Figure out what exactly it was you felt, isolate it, find the cause and effect, and replicate it without copying it. Nice. Rose, earlier you mentioned tournaments like Evo. Any upcoming plans for virtual tournaments? And 
out of the ones you've done, how have virtual tournaments changed the way that NOA has thought about events like this in the future? So to answer the first part, we definitely, I, I mentioned, we mentioned it in the blog post on our website, battlefortheground.com, right? So we've mentioned that because of the pandemic, we definitely had to do a virtual shift for tournaments. And so a lot of, it's actually really nice because a lot of the community has been understanding about us completely doing a 180 or yeah, a 180 from these six major stops we were going to do in person. We were going to try to go out to the actual like fighting game community and, you know, people who are interested in trying out Power Rangers. We were going to go physically see you guys, bring the game to you. Uh, we even made the tournaments the cheapest or free if possible. So there was a lot of things that we had to change to fit this virtual atmosphere, right? So uh, the first part is, yes, we do have some plans. In fact, we are going to... I believe, I want to say by the time this is out, we should have at least shown that we are going to be part of First Attack, which is a Puerto Rico, actually, event, a fighting game event. And they're actually going to host our next virtual major stop. So that's nice. kind of some news for the, for the players. And then we do have some, I can't quite say yet the dates, but we do at least have at least one or two more tournaments planned for the rest of the year, given that the world allows us to do so with the health status. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's for the first part, you know, any plans. I hate to be a little biased here, but I think Art Studio has done a really great job kind of planning ahead for something like this because I'll be real, we got good netcode. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, <laughs> and, um, and, and one thing that these guys in this call too haven't really mentioned is that everyone, whether it's down to the animator, the combat designer, small things, modeling, we go into making this game with the purpose of, hey, we want it to be fun. We want it to be accessible. We want it to appeal to a range of different types of players, right? You get the people who, again, this is not Battle for the Grid. It's, and even Legacy Wars, they're not really technically execution heavy, right? But then there are people who take more time to try to master these games. So I think, again, the studio has done a really great job in adapting to that. But besides that, the netcode, we worked really hard on trying to make it so you can play online and in a way, we are pioneering that, right? Because we are, I think, the first true fighting game that's on all five platforms. I know, yeah. um, I think Mortal Kombat's on Stadia too, but they're not on every single console um, mm -hmm. there. So, uh, I don't think that's cross-play, is it? No, not completely. That's my point, exactly, yeah. Yeah. right? I think the team has worked really hard on being able to adapt to not only this pandemic, but we also thought ahead, right, with, with having really good net play. So yeah, that basically set us up for not only being able to play with your friends, but then also having tournaments for an online realm. So I, I think we kind of thought ahead. <laughs> I mean, intentionally, obviously we knew. <laughs> no jab at the other games, no. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so kind of to wrap things up we have a, a general question adam at little ima7 said like for battle for the grid but i guess this could play for legacy wars too do you believe that these games are enticing to like console or mobile players who might not give a power rangers game a first or second look and just 
as a fan, Power Rangers in its whole history of gaming hasn't had the best track record with, <laughs> you know, console games. I mean, they're, they're all over the place. And when Legacy Wars came out and then Battle for the Grid, these were the first like Power Ranger games that I was all invested in as a fan because they just work. So what would you say to fans who maybe have that bias and haven't tried these games out yet? Yeah, I mean, this is definitely easy, yes. I talk to a lot of players who don't know anything about Power Rangers, but they just love the gameplay. But the gameplay brought them to the Power Rangers characters they like now. Like now they're invested into their characters. They go back and look at their stories and all that. And I totally relate because... Back in like 1999 when Marvel 2 came out, I wasn't a huge comic book fan. I knew of like Wolverine and Magneto and all that. But when I started to play the game and got really competitive, like my main characters were Magneto, Storm, and Psylocke. Now I really care about these characters, even though I didn't really. I just like how they played in the game. But now I'm like, oh, I'm looking into Magneto's history. Oh, he does this. This was before the MCU, by the way. This is when it was even cool to like comic book stuff. (laughs) So that, you know, I totally see where they're coming from. Like, I could totally relate. You can play a game and really get drawn into the characters just because you like their gameplay. So, yes, just play the game. If, if you like the gameplay, you're going to like the characters too. <laughs> or you're going to be forced to, at least. <laughs> That's something I can relate to because I, I tend to play a lot of fighting games that most people won't take much of a serious look at because they're like, based on licensed properties. I just like to play every fighting game that comes out, even the weird small ones. Those usually based on anime series that I've never watched before. Sometimes I really like them, and then I might watch the anime series. That sort of same thing. And as far as Legacy Wars goes, I don't think that it's something I even have to like believe because it's just very apparent to me. The game has a lot of appeal to anyone looking for a fighting game on mobile. Mm -hmm. When you look at what Legacy Wars does as a game, so far, even now, no other game is doing it. Like, period. It's actually kind of nuts. I don't know if Long has been in in this position, but, you know, sometimes I'm just like, man, I want to find a cool fighting game for my phone. And then I search fighting game on whatever app store, and everything I find is either, oh, it's asynchronous PvP, or Mm. it's only single player or it just doesn't work at all, or it's all this weird bootleg stuff. But then suddenly you have, so there are some other games that have live PVP, but those live PVP modes are not the focus. They're usually like tucked away in the corner, locked behind a time sensitive event. Because if it's open all the time, the matchmaking takes forever. You're not gonna get a match because everybody's too busy grinding the story mode or they're grinding the gotcha stuff. They're doing their dailies and then closing the game. Legacy Wars, you boot the app, you press fight, and in like five seconds, you're fighting somebody else. Yeah. Period. No questions asked. You're in a car. You're taking a walk. You're in the park. Open your phone. Want to beat somebody in a fighting game? There it is. <laughs> no other mobile game is doing that. And that's, that's nuts because it's such an addictive concept that works anywhere even people that aren't into fighting games can get into it because of how simple it is oh man just i think it just speaks for it. itself <laughs> yeah he's yes. so excited yeah, totally. yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's what legacy wars has power rangers or not yeah. no other game does it 
we make the best Power Rangers games ever. <laughs> you I don't know. Those, those Super Nintendo ones are pretty good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. You know, um, it's funny you guys brought that up because, so, again, we've done, we do polls on our social, and one of our, I think last year, I put out two. There was two. There's one for Legacy Wars and there's one for Battle for the Grid, but we had a common question on both, which was, why do you play this game? And I broke it down into like what statement fits you best, which is I play this game because I love Power Rangers. I play this game because I'm a fighting game fan. You know, this was for both uh, Legacy Wars and Battle for the Grid. Mm -hmm. The other one is three, which is I play because I love Power Rangers and I am a fighting game fan. And surprisingly, it was pretty predominant that most of the players or at least most of our community that responded to it is on the side of it's because they love both. It's like they happen to be a fighting game fan and they both also really happen to like Power Rangers or are aware of it. And I think the question that was brought up where is this game going to be good to kind of or a way to incentivize or entice people to try out or understand or see the series? Definitely. It it totally is. Mm -hmm. I think it's also on the flip side where people who are just Power Rangers fans all of a sudden pick up the game because, you know, maybe they want to be like a collector and they just want to have every single thing that's Power Rangers, right? But then they pick up the game, they try it, they sit down and say, wait, this is something I can do. This is something my, by the way, we love it when we see people like send pictures of like their kids kids. playing the game. (laughs) Yeah, no, like, oh my gosh, okay. I'm not trying to get too into detail, but like we've had some posts were like, yeah, look at my daughter. I'm, tra- I'm training her how to play in Battle for the Grid or look at my son. He's playing Legacy Wars. And then we also have had um, fan mail sent to us too, which I think was so cute. I put it on the fridge in our studio. <laughs> <laughs> this is not only meant to be for fighting game fans, but this is also meant to be for the Power Rangers fans. And I think the team really does a good job in being able to incorporate both of those needs together. Again, maybe I'm biased. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that was in Kobo. Yeah. You can cor- you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, you guys being Rose and Long, but isn't uh like one of our best players for Battle for the Grid, isn't that his like his first fighting game? Yeah. You know who I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. 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 I know. And like he just he just got the game right because he liked Power Rangers, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't and he he like came from like first person shooters and stuff. Yep, yep. And then he doesn't play Marvel vs. Capcom, doesn't play Street Fighter, doesn't play Mortal Kombat. And I remember I was like I was like in the Discord when he was like learning stuff in the game. It was after like a really long set. I remember he said something like, Oh man, I really need to learn everything about this game. <laughs> By golly, he has. Like he he's now like a fully fledged excellent fighting game player yeah. from his love of Power Rangers. And I think that's awesome. I've actually seen the opposite too, where it's like somebody who's a fighting game player and they they just see because most of the time, I'll be real, most people know MMPR the the best, right? Yeah. Sure. And so they'll just be like, oh, that's my glimpse of it. But the one thing I think that I really appreciate for both Legacy Wars and Battlefield Grid is we are so much about representation across generations. Like no. you're not you're not gonna just I mean, yeah, we see like a bajillion Tommies. I'm not gonna you can't have <laughs> like, like players ask for that, even though people won't want to say that. But yeah, players ask for those characters. But then we also have, you know, Legacy Wars with the comic characters. I think even for Lauren Sheba to be in Battle for the Grid, the first red female ranger. Yeah. Things exactly. like that. And just as a fan, like it's surprising to me that even Cat Ranger from SPD got love in both games. Like 
uh, I'm flabbergasted because, you know, she gets so overlooked in like merchandise and all that stuff. So yeah, great representation. And now to wrap things up, Rose, you mentioned Lauren Sheba. So can you tell us a little bit more about her and uh, maybe if we have a special trailer? <laughs> <laughs> I love that segue. So yes, for those of you who don't know or may have missed it in our Vanguard tournament, we actually are going to be releasing Lauren Sheba on September 15th. For the fans who are tuning in, we want to say thank you in advance and give you a little sneak preview of the Lauren Sheba gameplay trailer. So uh, we'll roll that. Let's cut them down to size. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Viewing Globe and really appreciate all the insight for both games and combat going forward. So really want to thank you for your time for this. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. So where can people find Battle for the Grid or Legacy Wars online? I think that is my plug. All right, where can we start? No, I'm just kidding. Best places, I would say, is definitely on our social channels. On Twitter, it is Battle 4, number 4, The Grid. Legacy Wars is PR Legacy Wars. And then Facebook is the full title, Power Rangers Battle for The Grid, Power Rangers Legacy Wars. Uh, Same thing goes for Instagram as well. But please don't forget, you can also reach out to us or see any news or updates on our website. So playlegacywars.com or battleforthegrid.com. Hey. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And Ranger Nation, stay tuned for more from the Viewing Globe coming up. Hello, and welcome to the Viewing Globe's virtual panel for getting Ranger fit with Brennan Mejia. My name is Eric, also known as b 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour. And I'm Zach. And we are joined by Brennan Mejia, best known in Ranger Nation as Tyler Navarro, the red Dino Charge Ranger in Power Rangers Dino Charge and Dino Supercharge. Welcome to the Viewing Globe, Brennan. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. How's everyone doing? Uh, Really good. Good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Speaking of fitness and all that, I got my workout in for the day, so I am freshly showered and (laughs) I'm good to go. So Awesome. Awesome. And... You know, that's that's what we're going to be talking with you today is uh, all about being 
like Ranger fit, ready to go. And maybe some of the difficulties during this, you know, crazy time that we're in right now for global pandemic. Sure. Uh, But I wanted the listeners, the watchers to get a little bit about your background, like growing up, like your fitness background, what kind of led you to, to Power Rangers? Yeah, well, fitness wise, I wasn't really into fitness when I was a kid. I just was, I, I played video games, honestly, so long mm-hmm. that my elbows would start to hurt from holding them in a bent <laughs> position. So I don't know if anyone can relate, but like literally, I just, I didn't know any better. I just didn't care. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't really until middle school that I started cross country. They didn't have a team so much as just kind of like an extracurricular thing for middle school. Mm-hmm. And then it was in eighth grade that this guy in my class, like was very threatening, almost a bully kind of person. And we almost got in a fight a couple of times. And I was like, if we ever get in a fight, I want to be able to protect myself. And then I started working out. And then that just kind of domino affected my life into fitness. And uh, we never actually fought though. So hooray, go team and peace. But uh, it is kind of what started it. And then, I mean, I was in circus as a kid too, but I was Mm -hmm. not like skilled in it as a kid. I was just in it with my dad and my sister. And it wasn't until after I graduated high school that I came back and rejoined the circus and then kind of one thing led to another with Power Rangers auditioning for Samurai not getting it after several rounds and then a friend told me about Dino Charge auditions while I was working as an acrobat full-time at the San Diego Zoo and then so I went and auditioned four or five times and lo and behold second time was the charm so there you go there you go yeah it's awesome both zach and i really love dino charge it's a really fantastic season so it's great to hear about that journey from start to finish going on to power rangers especially during the casting process what were they looking for in terms of like fitness agility that kind of thing So the breakdown seems to not change dramatically throughout each season. It's, you know, martial arts, dance skills, a plus, or gymnastics, I think Mm -hmm. are the three things they usually say. And uh, they have different heights, I think, that they sometimes say, depending on the season. Obviously, they want to kind of match Sentai footage or the doubles or whatever, if possible. But that's not even a big deal, because so many times the Rangers are totally different heights, depending, (laughs) you know, when they morph, they grow or shrink. And uh, for mine, it was, yeah, just like whatever you can do. And I actually did handstands primarily in my auditions. So I used that circus. Brennan doing handstands? What? The dino charge, right? I know. And you know what? I will keep doing them because they keep opening doors. And you know what? We love love seeing them. I remember when we were getting like behind the scenes footage of you guys just goofing off and doing handstands with each other. And, and, you know, every time we'd see them on Twitter, it's like, that's, they look like they're having so much fun. Yeah, no, we were very fortunate with our cast. I mean, it was a good group of people and just being able to show up and enjoy what you're doing for work mm-hmm. every day and being happy and glad to be there. And I just, I don't know, it's it's one of those things that you miss and you don't want to think about it too much all the time because then you're like, ah, oh, it's over. But like, you gotta, <laughs> you also want to look fondly back at the memory. Yeah, so I know that like, at least for Power Rangers, there's always that fabled boot camp uh, that they <laughs> put all the, the Rangers through. So- Uh, What was that like and uh, how hard did you guys have to train to really get that quote unquote ranger fit? So the boot camp, I mean, it is real, I guess. It's not like a fitness boot camp so much as it is we're going to teach you how to do stunts for TV, Mm -hmm. um, fighting, more action. I mean, we had stunt doubles anyway, but, you know, occasionally for footage, if you can throw a punch that looks camera realistic, you know, rather you be able to do that. So 
we would train with our Japanese stunt doubles. They kind of paired us off with whoever would most likely be our main double. I mean, they mm -hmm. kind of switched around depending on availability in the scenes. Like my double wasn't just the Red Ranger in suit, but he also played Sledge mostly. So when Sledge and him fought, obviously he couldn't be both. So, <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was cool. Like they put you into groups sometimes and then you'd be like, all right, so they're going to teach you choreography mm -hmm. and then they would film it and then you'd all watch it at the end of each session. And that went on for three weeks. And I think it was like three hours every morning or something like that. But I loved it. That Anything physical that I get to do and learn, I am all over. So fight sequences were probably one of my favorite parts of being on Power Rangers. Nice. Going back to like being on set, I know filming, that's a lot of long hours. So how is it that you're able to personally juggle like your personal fitness with being on set? Very carefully. And <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it was a lot of working out on set between takes and during lunch, going into the wardrobe trailer and using like the wardrobe bar for pull-ups yeah. Um, you know, we would do push-ups and squats in between takes um, while they were just setting up the camera and things like that. And then at home, we would kind of fill out whatever we didn't finish. Because I think at the time, mo like the guys and I were doing, I think 300 push-ups a day was our goal and like 60 to 100 pull-ups. Um, and not all at once. It would be like, all right, sure. there's a break. We're going to do 50. All right. An hour later, we're going to do 50. So we just tried to like get it done and then do a run every other day. And then occasionally a couple of us primarily Yoshi, myself, sometimes James, would go to the gym where the stunt team trained in the evenings, and then we'd work on acrobatics and some uh, tumbling and things of that nature too. And I think that's maybe some great advice because, you know, a lot of people have a misconception about exercise, like, you know, they have to do it all at once before they work or, mm -hmm. you know, after at night. M maybe talk a little bit about that just for overall fitness. Sure. ACSM, which is the American College of Sports Medicine, is a company. Well, it's a, a, not a society, I guess that sounds secretive, but basically they are the gold standard for personal trainers in America. And they are one of the companies or groups, whatever you want to call them, organizations. That is the word. That's organizations <laughs> uh, that I am certified through. And they recommend, you know, if you're getting 30 minutes of cardio in a day, which is like, the recommendation if you're doing like moderate mm -hmm. level of intensity, you can break it into 10 minutes at a time. Like you don't have to do all 30 at once. Uh, and in regards to push-ups and things like that, there's a correlation. It's an inverse correlation between intensity and duration. Mm -hmm. So the harder you work out, the less time you have to work out to get the results. Obviously, if you take it really easy, you know, when gyms are open and you'd like chat with your friends between sets and things like that, you may end up at the gym longer, but you could still get in shape. It's just going to take more time because you're resting so much. So you're, which is beneficial depending on what your goal is. So like if you're building power, you know, force times velocity, you want to move something fast. It is better to take longer breaks between sets because you want to be a hundred percent rested or as close as possible. So each attempt is like max power mm -hmm. versus if you're going for muscular endurance, you want shorter breaks because you don't want to be fully rested. So your body is still fatigued before each set. So depending on what you're going for, but for most people who just want to be healthier, you know, to increase lifespan and health span. Yeah. Just getting it done. Like this morning I ran three miles and then three hours later I did my hand balancing workout for an hour and a half. I didn't do it back to back. It didn't need to be done back to back. Mm -hmm. They're two separate 
disciplines or things that require fitness in different ways. Now, on set for Power Rangers, did you guys on the cast hold yourselves accountable? Was there any personal challenges you guys had, especially between, you know, you and Yoshi? Was there like <laughs> a handstand challenge or like, you know, uh, reps or, or anything like that? Uh, no, there wasn't like a challenge we had necessarily amongst ourselves versus we just kind of would motivate each other to work out. So mm -hmm. uh, I kind of came up with like a workout plan for all of us at the beginning because we kind of lived in, you know, the fabled ranger house where <laughs> we all got one place together, which isn't necessarily the best thing to do when you see each other on set every day for <laughs> a million hours and then you go back to your house and you see each other again. Even if you like each other, it's a lot. So <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we would just kind of like have something we designed together and then we'd, uh, if they wanted something changed or if they had a different goal, then I'd kind of help change that for them. Cause I was like the one with the certification, but like they knew how to be in shape anyway, depending on their goals. It's not like the Rangers didn't know how to work out unless I said something, yeah. you know, Yoshi obviously is very athletic already. So he would help me a lot with tumbling and then I would help him with handstands. So that was kind of the biggest trade-off him and I had. Um, just to give each other, like we bartered skills almost in a way. Mm -hmm. Any like injuries or maybe something that like a stunt that you did that was really tricky that you were involved in? The only like main injury I recall is I, well, Chip, so executive producer, yeah. asked Yoshi and I to like come up with some kind of acro sequence handstand on him or something together but he didn't really know what he wanted. So he's like, just come up with a couple of things and show me, uh, you know, be safe, of course, and all that. And I underestimated the difficulty of a move that I told Yoshi to spot me or base me, like, so he would hold me in it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're athletic, you can figure it out. Well, I should have started in the proper order of like, you know, he's still a beginner for this specific skill. Just because he can do a lot of things doesn't mean he knows how to do everything automatically. And so I was doing a handstand in his hands and he started running with me because he didn't know how to balance it. And so when he brought me out of it, my ankle twisted and popped. And that, like, I couldn't stand up. And he was like, going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I broke the Red Ranger. And he was, like, freaking out. <laughs> and he actually said that. It's funny. And uh, <laughs> so I had to go to the physiotherapist down there. And mm -hmm. I had to take it slow. And I kept re-injuring it because tendon and ligament injuries take a mm. long time to heal and when you're doing a fighting show kind of thing like oh just like i'd slip in the dirt and it twist i'd run on the grass and it would twist and i had to do a scene where i dressed up as the prince of xandar yeah. um I, well they cut it but as i entered i was supposed to do a backflip and then be like ta-da and they'd be like tyler uh so i did like four or five backflips and every time it was getting lower and lower because my foot was killing me because this was after the injury and yoshi was telling the director he's like he only has a couple more in him like don't push him too much because he's not getting very high. But uh, they ended up not even using it. So, oh, oh well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're just in this crazy time right now. We're all pretty much stuck at home. And for a lot of people, keeping up fitness is very important to them. Is there specific advice about working out from home if people can't go to the gym? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I want people to remember to give themselves grace because this situation is unprecedented in our lives. Um, there's really nothing to compare it to for most people who are alive now. So some days you may just not feel it. You may not do as much. I have those days too. Like I, I work out because of discipline over motivation. People think like I'm just motivated every day to get those gains and I'm not. Some days I just do it because 
I have to. It's like going to work at like a normal nine to five. It's not that you always want to go. You go because of discipline. Mm -hmm. Uh, Same thing with working out. And hopefully you end up liking it because it's a mindset. So if you understand that this is, you know, the value of something's determined by its cost. So if the cost of good health is an hour a day or whatever you, depending on your intensity, make that investment because you're investing in yourself. And I've noticed when I make discipline and I make time to work out, I end up having discipline in other areas of my life. Like it's not just, it doesn't just stay in the gym and nothing else. It goes into my other areas of, you know, intellectual side or spiritual or emotional or whatever else I have to do. Mm-hmm. So, and don't feel like you need weights. Like people think, oh, well, I can't be strong anymore because I don't have a bench press or whatever. Honestly, just working towards muscle failure or task failure will help you get stronger. There's something known as the principle of progressive overload. So to get stronger, you have to progressively, doesn't mean all at once or jump from zero to hundred, overload your muscles. Mm-hmm. So if you can do five push-ups and you want to be able to do 10, start doing a couple sets of five a day or every other day. And then when you can do six, you know, then maybe decrease the rest intervals between them, or maybe sometimes give yourself a longer rest interval, or maybe sometimes do really slow pushups or do burst clap pushups, like do them on your knees to do extra repetitions. Like you can challenge yourself in so many ways that yes, it may not be the same as benching where you can do like, you know, eight to 10, and then, you know, you did enough per set. You may have to do 20, 30, 40, 50 pushups, depending on your level of fitness, but as long as you still go towards failure, you will still get stronger. Mind you have enough protein and nutrition and enough right. rest. And I think there's there's kind of a misconception uh, too about you know going to a gym because of all the, the equipment. You really don't need special equipment working from home. No, again, it, it depends on your goals. So just as like the principle of progressive overload, there's an acronym that we like to throw around in the fitness world. It's the SED principle which stands for specific adaptations to imposed demands. Mm. So basically what that means is if you want to be able to do a hundred squats in a row, you are going to need to train specifically to adapt those specific imposed demands that won't help you if you do a hundred pushups. Like, yeah, it'll help your fitness in general, Mm -hmm. but you want to train whatever it is you actually want to get better at, do something similar to it. So for me, I do a lot of handstands. So me going on runs isn't going to necessarily correlate to a better hand balancing technique, but it will help my overall fitness. You can argue there's some correlation with like cardio, but the more you can make your workout correspond in approximation with what you actually want your skill or strength to develop in, the faster you'll see results. Mm-hmm. You mentioned like anything that takes discipline, speaking from personal experience, the hardest thing is that first step. Do you have any mm-hmm. advice for people out there who just don't know where to start their workout or how to start their workout? Sure. Well, definitely. This is one of the things that annoys me about a lot of people in the fitness community because everyone's out there to make a buck. And I understand people need to eat and they need to pay bills. But when they're like, my plan is the way to do it. And you know, I'm like, you must follow the keto diet. You must do this diet or whatever. There are more than one, you know, I don't skin cats because I like cats, but you know, they say there's more than one way to skin a cat. There really is more than one way to be in shape. If your goal is fat loss, for instance, the way you lose fat is by creating a calorie deficit. Now, how you go about that is totally up to you. If you want to lower your carbs, by all means, go for it. If you want to exercise more to make the deficit, by all means, you can do that. It just depends on what works for you. So that first step, don't feel like you have to follow in the footsteps of your favorite celebrity or whoever, because most celebrities 
have personal trainers. I just happened to be a personal trainer before I was whatever version of celebrity. I'm not even that famous, but you know what I mean? Like (laughs) I just, I love fitness and I like helping people with it. So first step, don't feel like you have to do it all on the first day. Cause the biggest mistake I see new year's resolution, I got to get in shape. got my gym membership. I'm going hard for a month, seven days a week, two weeks into it. I'm dying. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not seeing the results. I'm done next year. All right. Rinse and repeat. Instead, I would recommend slow and steady, you mm. know, so you actually don't hate life the next day because it's too <laughs> sore to move. Even if you only work out 20 minutes just to start, like that's it. You do 20 minutes once a week or two times a week. That's not even the recommended amount. Who cares? Do something to then build up to the recommended amount. And then if you really enjoy it, maybe you'll find you love triathlons or you love CrossFit or whatever, and you'll find what works for you. And maybe in a year you'll find that, you know what? I liked CrossFit, but now I really like tennis. That's okay. Your body will shift against specific adaptations to impose demands. You'll develop a tennis player's body versus a CrossFitter. And that doesn't mean you're in less shape. You're just in shape for your sport. Yeah, that's great. You've mentioned diet before as well, specifically the protein, getting the right protein and and all of that stuff. What kind of guidance can you suggest for people getting fit? And I know it's different for everyone, but maybe Mm -hmm. some, some basic tips. Well, First and foremost, I know some people say like, oh, the reason I can't lose weight is because of a hormone imbalance or whatever. And not to say that there's not truth to that for a small minority of the population, but it still doesn't change the fact that a calorie deficit will make you lose weight. You may need less calories than your average person because of the hormone imbalance, but regardless, working with a doctor, ideally someone who Mm -hmm. specializes in hormone deficiencies or to a surplus of hormones, it's really just about balance and finding what works for you and your body. So they recommend as in they, you know, the experts from yeah. organizations, society, secret societies, <laughs> um, you know, one to two pounds a week. Mm-hmm. You don't really need to lose more than that. And honestly, it can get dangerous if you're losing more than that per week. And when you hear about people losing, you know, 30 pounds in like a month or something, not that it's not feasible, depending on if you're truly like very heavy set, you can lose more weight in the beginning, but a lot of that's water weight especially if they're on a low carb diet because carbohydrates when they're stored in your body are stored with water. Like Mm -hmm. I think it's one gram of carbs is stored with three to four grams of water. So if you stop eating carbs, your body loses a lot of that weight as water, which on a scale looks like you've lost weight, but you haven't lost fat. You have lost water. Mm -hmm. So can you argue it's weight? Yes. But is it the weight you need to lose to see long-term results? No, unless you're going to stay low carb forever, which I personally don't recommend, but again, to each their own. So yeah, um, you can lose a pound a week approximately because even calories are estimates on boxes. 500 calories a day times seven days. So a week is 3,500 calories, which is approximately one pound. A lot of Ranger fans definitely look up to you, to other cast members that are really fit. And you mentioned before that you were uh, certified in this. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I developed a love for fitness after getting in shape to not be beat up by a bully at school. <laughs> and uh, I got certified as a, through ACSM as a personal trainer and then through ISSA, another organization as a sports nutritionist. I became certified as a vinyasa flow yoga instructor. And then I got my bachelor's degree in kinesiology. And then after that, you have to have a bachelor's degree or higher in some mm. kind of exercise science to take this test, 
which is through NSCA, another organization, to become a certified strength and conditioning specialist, which I also am. So I like fitness, you know, is a, a true statement, but I'm always learning. And that's the thing. Yeah. Science is always updating, you know, good science admits when it's wrong and then it makes changes to support whatever the evidence is, you know, before like eggs are bad for you. They're high in cholesterol. Right. Now they're like, eggs are good for you. And I know it's very confusing for people, even for us who are quote unquote experts. But I mean, speaking on that, just a little tangent, sure. I do believe eggs are good for you. Your body makes its own cholesterol and it has a checks and balances if your body is working correctly. Mm -hmm. um, so most people, if you eat cholesterol, it doesn't influence your blood level of cholesterol because your body will just make less cholesterol if your dietary cholesterol rises. So it's only if you eat like oh, a ridiculous amount of cholesterol. Like if you ate like 20 eggs in a day, then potentially sure. But like three, four eggs a day, if you're healthy, I don't personally see an issue with it. I'm sure someone in the world will disagree with me, but <laughs> I, I eat a lot of eggs and I seem to be okay. Yeah. Hey, again, everything in like moderation and mm -hmm. take it one step at a time for your own personal fitness goals. Yeah. The dose makes the poison, you know, and right. I think getting out of the mindset that there's good and bad food, there's just food. Food is food. Like mm -hmm. there are healthier choices but it's not like this camp is food from heaven and this camp is from the dark place. Like, you know, <laughs> donuts still have some energy to them if you use it correctly. Like a lot of bodybuilders will eat like candy bars before they go on stage mm -hmm. because it sucks the water into their muscles to give them more definition right before they set on step on stage. And if you're like a cross country runner and you need quick sugar, sometimes candy is a quick absorbing sugar. So if you eat the right kind, you can get a boost to help you for that specific sport. Now it's an issue when you eat a lot of it and then you don't exercise yeah. because it's so easy to pack away cookies and candy and not feel full because sugar suppresses our feelings of satiety or feeling full. Mm -hmm. So you can overeat, you know, I always have room for dessert. Well, you truly do because your body won't tell you when it's full if your source is from sugar. Now, if you eat a bunch of chicken, even if I told you you could have unlimited chicken, eventually you're going to not want to eat anymore <laughs> because it's not the same as the sugar. Any other like advice that you want to give people, especially, I know there's a lot of like Ranger cosplayers out there and maybe gearing up for when conventions ever come back and, <laughs> you know, they, they, they truly want to be Ranger fit. Are sure. there any like specific suit ready type of advice that you would want to give? Yeah. Give yourself time. You know, if you have an event coming up, it's better to, again, the slow and steady route versus, oh no, I have a convention in two weeks. Let me put myself in the sauna and lose all this water weight and dehydrate myself and then almost die when I'm in a spandex and a helmet that I can't breathe out of. Like that is not good for you. Like I wrestled in high school and it's actually not allowed, but wrestlers would. They'd sit in saunas to try mm -hmm. to make weight. They'd run in plastic to sweat it all out. And it's just not conducive to living well. Like there's a saying, it's like to look your best, you almost have to feel your worst in the sense that for photo shoots and everything, a lot of people, when they do photo shoots, they dehydrate themselves. They go on these super strict, low calorie diets that they normally never do just for that photo shoot. And then when we go to the store and we see whatever celebrity, we're like, oh my gosh, how do they look like that? Well, they look like that like literally a couple days out of the year and that is it. The rest of the time they don't because they're eating normal amounts of food. <laughs> so Exactly. Other than kind of what we've already discussed about personalizing workouts for your own needs, um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people maybe aren't aware of the difference between cardio training as opposed to like weight training. 
Sure. Um, and, and what those different results, you know, give you, you know, you mentioned being a strength fitness specialist. So like, mm-hmm. you know, what can you speak to in terms of the difference between, Hey, I'm going to go to the gym and, you know, knock out 20 reps on the dumbbells or, Hey, I'm going to go jog for a couple miles. That's like, a great what question. those different activities do for your body. So in fitness, there are a couple different measurements or baselines that they use to determine how fit you are overall. And that's muscular endurance, which would be like, how many push-ups can you do? Or if I hand you this dumbbell, how many curls can you do before failure? You know, it's not like a crazy heavy weight, but it's something that you literally go until you cannot do anymore. So that's endurance, right? And then you have muscular strength, which is regardless of how heavy it is, how much can you lift? What is the max amount of weight you can move? And again, power versus strength is different. Power is moving something from point A to point B as fast as possible. Strength is just moving it from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. So it is usually heavier than your power move, but it's slower. So like sprinters need power, you know, bodybuilders or, you know, people who compete in lifting is usually strength if they're just trying to get that whatever amounts like the world record is. So you have muscular endurance, muscular strength, you have cardiovascular health, which again is more akin to your heart. So cardio works a lot on your heart and your lungs and strengthening those things and putting you at lower risk for heart disease, things of that nature. Um, And then you have flexibility, which again, you know, is like Mm -hmm. stretching, which is more for health later in life. So you have less lower back pain and, you know, you can still do your activities of daily living or your ADLs, which a lot of our elderly can't because they don't keep up on any kind of mobility. It's like when we retire, we're like, well, I've worked hard enough. Now I can sit in front of the TV the rest of my days. And it's like, well, you can. And even though your lifespan may be long, you will sacrifice your health span. Like Mm. how long are you still healthy? Um, And then the fifth one is your body fat percentage. So those five things correlate to quote unquote fitness. So to answer your question, depends on your goals. So like a cross country runner who is good is usually very small. They may have a low body fat percentage, but they don't necessarily have any definition to them. So their body fat goes down because they're using a separate energy pathway. They're using ATP through an oxidative pathway or through oxygen. So you can go longer on an oxygen route than you can on a strength route. So like if someone's bench pressing, for instance, let's say they're using a decent weight to move it 10 times, 10 repetitions. They usually can't do it more than a minute at a time before they're like stuck. So that's more, you know, anaerobic. So in the absence of oxygen and then the oxidative pathway is like, I can run a marathon and keep going, but my energy isn't as high as an output at any one point versus the bench presser or versus a sprinter. So that's why being in shape for one thing doesn't make you magically in shape for the other. When I was a kid, I never understood it. I was like, I'm a cross country runner. Why do I suck at swimming? It's cardio. They're the same. It's like, no, they're not. Like one, you barely have oxygen and the other, you can breathe the whole time. Plus gravity affects you differently when you're running, you're straight up. When you're swimming, you're horizontal, which Mm -hmm. works on your heart rate less. So if you have heart issues, it's actually going horizontal lets your heart rate be lower, even if you're training at max level versus being vertical. Mm. Yeah, when I was in high school, I did weight training as my physical education course elective, and I was great with weights, but man, when it came time to run track, ooh, I did not have a good time with that. <laughs> yeah, they're just different, and so it's like the more you want to be jack of all trades, the less you'll have time to specialize. Mm-hmm. So just depends what you want. Like, I'm very good at the muscular endurance, like handstands. It's endurance. It's not cardio. It's, right. you know, I'm not, <laughs> you know, I'm just there. I'm just staying for a long time. But then you have people like Yoshi who are more skilled than me. Like I can tumble, but he's far better at it. 
he's very explosive. So he has a lot of power when he jumps and does his flips. So he's trained differently. Um, there's fast twitch muscle fibers and slow twitch. Slow twitch is like, again, endurance, hold a handstand, run a long time. Fast twitch is boom, jump high or sprint really fast. So just depends what you want. And if you want like a six pack, you know, for whatever reason, that's more weight building or, or yeah. weight training and uh, diet. Nice. Anything else you want to speak on about endurance or working out? Otherwise, we have a, maybe a couple more like ranger related questions. Sure. I guess just to top it off would be don't beat yourself up if you have a couple bad days or a lot. We're in a pandemic right now. Again, give yourself grace. Yeah. Some days you may eat more ice cream than you meant to. And that's okay. Just don't feel like because you failed once that you now can't get back into working on your health. Like any moment is the perfect moment to have a new beginning. And I think we get so into our heads about how long we've been failing for it. Now leave that at the door. Don't bring it with you. Like life is hard enough. You don't need to beat yourself up because your brain literally changes chemically if you have positive feedback to yourself or negative feedback. So I'm very of the mindset of treat yourself well. If you know you could have done better, then do better next time. Don't just beat yourself up forever because that's not going to improve the future. And it's just making you relive the past multiple times. Exactly. That's really great advice, especially during this time. So very cool. Yeah. Uh, so Tyler Navarro's coming back to, uh, to Power Rangers. Rumor has it. Yeah, we've seen, we've <laughs> seen the trailers. Uh, so we don't have to go into specifics, but what was it like going back to New Zealand after five or so years? Honestly, it was so cool. Like, I love that country. I want to retire there one day. It's just beautiful. Life is a little slower paced. I mean, unless you're filming Power Rangers, then it's not but in general. <laughs> but I mean, those are the dream roles for me. Like, yeah, I've been on other shows, but Rangers, I was a fan of Power Rangers. I got to become a Power Ranger. I got to do acrobatic, athletic things in the show. The moral level of the show was very high. I didn't have to feel like I was somehow compromising on who I, I mean. I know acting isn't you, but it was nice that Tyler was very similar to myself. Um, he was higher energy, sure, and sporadic, but like, Overall, it was easier to step into his shoes than into other characters I've played. Yeah. Where did the like selfie thing come from? Was that more of like Rin in, into your character or uh, are, are you a selfie kind no, of guy? I, Yoshi is the selfie kind of guy. He was the, <laughs> honestly, like it was him. He's like, hey, let's go to the bathroom, take like a shirtless selfie. I was like, why? He's like, because. And then like, we would just, whenever we would find a new guy ranger, he'd want to do it with. And like, it's just, yeah his character wouldn't have made sense for it to be a thing, but somehow that got put onto my character. I mean, I've learned more selfie stuff, I guess, since then, but it was honestly because of Yoshi that I even started really having an Instagram at the time, like, and doing social media, because I just didn't care. <laughs> He's like, well, you should, because it's marketing, it can help you get future jobs, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, how do I make my Facebook page a fan official page? And like, how do I, I just didn't know what I was doing. I was gonna say I was, I was scrolling through TikTok, you know, and I was like, wait a minute, Brennan's on TikTok now. Hey, all yeah. right, Brennan dot Mejia. I post maybe once every three weeks, so stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got a new season coming up, which is also dinosaur based. So, how do you feel like being part of that? Not just a Power Rangers legacy, but like a dinosaur team legacy. I, well, again, I don't know what world they're going to have Dino Fury in. Is it going to yeah. be like the Dino Charge world or is it Mighty Morphins or Dimension, not world, I guess. Yeah. Or is it its own thing? I personally would like for them, since they have the same color scheme as Dino Charge, to at least have Davi back because he is like a Dino Knight as his character. 
you know? Exactly. Yes. So (laughs) I I personally think they should have Davi back. Have I talked to anybody about this who could do that? No, but I just think they should. And then they could bring me back too, because, you know, why not? I love New Zealand. But (laughs) as it stands, no, I have not been asked back, nor have anyone. I don't know if anyone else has. They haven't told me, but. Well, I think we're going to wrap up soon. For people who want to follow you on social, maybe get a little bit more fitness advice, where can people find you you're the most active on? Yeah, uh, Instagram, at Brennan Mejia. And I post a lot of fit tips in my story. And then I have a YouTube channel now, The Bam Superman. And I actually have a lot of workouts that I did live. I live streamed them and then uploaded them. So you can follow along. Um, to those workouts. And again, the whole disclosure, be safe. If you feel injured or like you can't keep up, don't copy me. Like just do at your own pace, be safe, be smart, you know, and build up. So you don't have to go zero to a hundred. Take your time. That's, there's a reason there's 99 numbers or technically there's a hundred, but you know what I mean? Between zero to a hundred. Don't skip them. It's been great chatting with you again, Brennan. Thank you so much for coming yeah, on for this. Likewise. And, uh, you know, I think that the advice given out today, a lot of folks are going to hopefully take it to heart. And maybe we'll all be a little bit more Ranger fit after the uh, pandemic subsides. Yeah. No, Let, no, let's all come out of it with like six pack abs. <laughs> <that's>, you know. <laughs> Great, Brennan. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. It's been really great. So everyone definitely follow him on social media and maybe more shirtless selfies. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Only if I hang out with Yoshi. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www dot rangercommand.com follow us on twitter at rangercommandph like us on facebook and instagram at rangercommandpowerhour ranger command is also on patreon become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks by pledging you are helping us make our show even better go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more Thanks for listening.